did you hear that? Did you watch that video I sent? No, not yet. Uh, did you want to talk about that today? Uh, by the way, welcome to an inquiry into freedom with uh, Ron and Alan. Um, I I, op I opened it, but I didn't click on the link because I was I was doing some other stuff on my computer. Oh, uh, and see that's why I, uh, that's why I wanted to get t t this audio um, working correctly. Uh, how long is it? It's long. Oh, so it's, it's not uh, something. It's not something we can play on on air. No, you'd have to pick out bits of it. I got. It's you. about an hour and a half interview with a nurse who lost her job with Kaiser for not uh, being willing to take the fake vaccination and. Uh, it's just downright scary. You know what's uh, interesting? Um, I, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you sent this to me. But you had mentioned uh, several episodes ago about uh, I can't remember the company that was that you thought was going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Over uh, Pfizer. Yeah, I received an article about three. <laughs> About three or four days later, maybe close to a week. Uh huh. Um, that they are in deep trouble. Yeah, they are. So whoever your source was on that was accurate. I'll see if I can find it. Um, but I was like, no way. Yeah. It came across my, you know, like my alerts, and I'm like, no, no. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got really good sources. How many times do you hear me say something about, you know, I can't say too much about this and I can't be positive, but, and then all of a sudden it's true. Oh, well, we've done that numerous <laughs> times. I, I, it's amazing to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, starting with the COVID virus, bef I mean, before the, you know, before we even started doing the podcast, really, I mean, because we were talking about that video that Facebook uh, wanted me to take down about the uh, about an escaping the lab in Wuhan, and it turned out to all be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sent to me by one of our alphabet agency people. I mean, I knew it was true. <laughs> That's funny. Well, oh, yeah. you know, yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's truth. So, I mean, uh, before we before we started, I was I was watching some stuff online, and uh, these people on the left, it's 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 crazy to me. You know, I mentioned um, the uh, back and forth between Ramaswamy and Van Jones, and then of course. Just out of curiosity, I, I clicked on a uh, an interview with Joy Reid and some a couple of lunatics. Uh, one was a wrote for the Atlantic, you know. Uh, and oh, the other, Lord. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's the same people. It's it's somebody that nobody's ever heard of, unless you read the Atlantic, right? And these are the experts. 
But but they're all in the same circle, and that's what I keep trying to explain is that th these aren't unbiased people. And of course, you said Joy Reid, and I'm thinking Joy Behar, and I'm like, uh, they're all the same. They're all the people in the fiber. They're all peas in the same freaking pod, and and people just don't understand that. Well, I I think that they're all bad apples in the same barrel. Yeah, um, and the whole barrel is that is bad. Um, but I guess that's where we are. I mean, I remember hearing so much about oh these right wing nut jobs like Van Jones or whatever his name is or you no know, is Lee Van Cleef, um, Van Morrison, no Van. Who's the guy, Van guy, that you're talking about last time that worked for Obama? It's on CNN or something. Van Jones. Is that Van Jones? Yeah, okay. I, 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 yeah, I think he was he was involved somehow. I don't know exactly okay. what. what I, I don't so know. He's, not, he's oh. the left wing nut job. The the right wing yeah, yeah, nut job yeah. is some guy, some other guy named Jones. Then the one that they got mad at because he said something about the school shooting or something like that a long time ago. The he lost a big lawsuit or something. Anyway, oh, I doesn't yeah. I was thinking his name was Van Jones. Anyway, sorry. Um, we'll we'll just moving Van that out of the conversation then. Um, so, I I remember hearing about these you know these right wing people on radio or whatever, and I'm like, I've never heard of these. And right. He's one yeah. Of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, I never heard of him. I guess I'm not an extreme right winger or whatever. I don't know. Um, but then this Joy Reid, I I think I've seen her like once or twice. And I'm like, oh, why would I want to see her a second or third time? Yeah, um, I don't often watch. I, I Here's the thing that's that's funny to me. Um, so like if Joe Biden held a rally and I got a Facebook notification about it, I, I don't. I don't like partake in the left's shenanigans. Like it, I would never log in and and watch five minutes of him try to, you know, articulate the English language. Because I'm not interested in what they have to say. Because it's always the same thing. It's it's always all these Nazi racists are are a threat to democracy. And, and it's never about policy. It's never about, you know, what their vision is to help improve the lives of the American people. It's always this doom and gloom. Uh, you know, if you, don't re if you don't elect us and you don't put us in power, we're all going to die. Yeah, it's fear-mongering, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't care to hear about stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I they, they, they are really, I, and I and I say the same about the 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 right wing too. Is I'm not interested in that crap. I want you to fix the damn potholes. Shut the hell up. Fix the potholes. You know. Well, it's I, not I, that I think I think there's some legitimacy to what you're saying, but it's not as prevalent with the Republicans no, and the right, right as it is with the left. I don't I don't walk away from a Trump rally feeling uh, sad. I don't, I don't, no. you know, I don't, I don't listen to, 
maybe jo- like John Kennedy or or um, Jim Jordan, and and listen to them talk for five minutes and feel like, man, I just lost my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you hear Pelosi or if you hear Joe Biden or if you hear Kamala Harris, it's all negativity. There's nothing well, positive in their message. That's the difference. And, unless Ronald unless Ronald all, Reagan, unless all you care about is equity and yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Donald Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan. That's that's what set them apart from the other people they competed with. They showed up no matter how grim things were, and they they made it made you feel like you're gonna live through the day. You know, whereas everyone else, and I, I, I completely agree, the left is worse about it than the right, way worse. But how do you? Would you want to listen to? I, I, I don't really have a problem with Ron DeSantis. My problem really is that I wouldn't want him to be president. Uh, he's a he's complainer. A yeah, he's a fine governor, though. I mean, yeah. You know, he really is, to be fair. Um, and he's not, you know, he wasn't afraid to stand up and, and do some things. But I wouldn't want to listen to him for an hour. I mean, that's why Trump packs the house. You know, you don't hear of anyone else doing rallies, do you? Because no one will come. They, you know, how many how many hundreds of people are going to go to see a, a Ron DeSantis rally? You know, granted, more than a dozen or so that would come to O'Biden, you know, but still, you know, you, people go there and they feel good when they leave. So there's a lot to say for that. And uh, it, it's just the the lemmings that are following these folks, especially you know, the Democrat side. I just, I just, I was thinking today of how on earth did we go from the, the movement of the 60s and early 70s where, you know, the, all these folks were in college or, or had just graduated and gone to serve in Vietnam. And they're like, don't believe the man. Question everything. Mm-hmm. Don't believe anything the government says. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who want us to believe the government is the almighty and, and God has gone on a vacation permanently. And and I think who's the poster child for all that was John Kerry. You know, he's in there testifying after he comes back from the not-so-swift boat mm-hmm. experience that he had in Vietnam talking about how bad everything was. He, then he gets elected, and now he's flying around the world in private jets talking about carbon emissions and how we shouldn't be flying private jets. So where did, how did that disconnect happen other than through organized Marxism? I mean, and, and, the, and these lemmings just go along with it, like, oh, there's not a question there. Nothing to see here. Move along. Well, and that's why I always, uh, you know, and I agree. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying the the Republicans are also not 
you know, playing the same game. Uh, and, and I call them out as often as I, mm-hmm. I can. Uh, and, and when it's warranted. But, I, man, this, this interview between these people, uh, they were talking about if Trump was reelected, he would, he would be, uh, what's to stop him from during, doing what Maduro did? <laughs> this, this talk about surrounding himself with loyalists. Um, that that's what dictators and and autocrats do. So he had all of a sudden become a. And how uh, dare he? How dare he? Yeah. How dare he? You know, want people to to s- surround him that are that are loyal to, you know. There's no there's no pushback on that. There would be no pushback. Like he he would say, um, you know, we're going to suspend these these rules of you know uh not being able to to rule for as long as i want to and i'm thinking you know and then they mentioned the constitution and the supreme court and all this other stuff and i'm thinking that's you're you're saying exactly what it is that you're trying to do uh and they played a clip of megan kelly and she was interviewing somebody else or on her show or whatever and and she was talking about what what Ramaswamy was saying about the uh, you know the the one party system and and then the uh, the great replacement theory and she said I I agree with that and and Van Jones was talking about how he thought these were you know conspiracy theories and that he was dangerous and that he was shaking. And then they show a clip of Van Jones saying, what we're trying to do and the way that we're going to make things right is to make sure that, that the white man and the white people are the minority. Well, isn't that what the Great Replacement Theory is all about? That, that mm-hmm. The same thing that you're saying is a conspiracy, but Democrats wrote about this in books. They've said it in the open. He said it himself. Yeah. This isn't something new. No. You know, it's just because he had, Ramaswamy had the balls to say it in, during a debate and, and try to warn people. And now they're like, he, he may even be racist, even though the color of his skin. And I'm like, of course he is. Of course he is. And oh, he's yeah. like, and Van Jones is like, he's one step away from Nazi propaganda. And people need to understand that he's going to outlive Trump for 50 years. Because, you know, Trump is, is the current uh, purveyor of Nazism. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. I, I, I mean, can, can you li- go home, DVR that crap. I don't even know if that even exists anymore. But DVR yourself and then listen to it. And think, my God, I sound like a, a blithering idiot. I, yeah. I sound like a, a propagandist myself. But I think they're too stupid to even, I don't think they even think about what it is that they're going to say before they say it. And then on top of that, they're very proud of what they just said. Yeah. 
And I just shake my head and go, man. Well, their memory is so bad that they don't even remember that the previous day they said the exact opposite. Exactly. It's like, it's like oh, uh, well, I don't have to worry about contradicting myself. You know, if there's one thing about it, the Internet and, and the advance in technology uh, and what used to be good journalism and television was that we got to see them say that stuff live on video mm-hmm. or, or live on television. We can look it up. We can look it up and see Joe Biden saying the exact opposite things uh, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't taken out of context. Here's the video. Yeah, <laughs> we, we so, have it on tape, roll tape. That's the that's what I was thinking earlier today when I was watching that video that I I sent that to a few people, including you. Uh, that 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 nurse being interviewed, but as I was paying attention to it, because I rarely watch anything more than you know three to five minutes, and for me to watch something for an hour and a half. That is just highly irregular. I can't remember the other than a movie like The Godfather. Um, me watching anything for an hour and a half. We need to. So, <laughs> I had. A- I, I won't even watch the. I won't even watch my little girl for that. So. Um, you know what I would so, watch though. So, you know what I would watch though. So here's since he's like out, you know, with the with a crossbow, and I'm like, no, I watched her for a half hour. That's long enough. So, but at any rate, the guys actually when you see it. See if you have the same experience, because what I the experience I had was, wow, this is real journalism. He's asking who, what, where, why, when, and how. Basically, how you learn to write a paragraph in, or a you know a one page thing, in English in junior high school, you know, yeah. uh, basic basic stuff because. If you learn to write that way, then you learn to think that way. You know, it's critical thinking. Who, what, where, what, you know. And yet, it, it's not there in most, you know, major media. No, you know you know who would be great to bring back? And, and, and if Tucker is going to do his own streaming service, it'd be somebody he could bring out of retirement that, that just does an hour show on politics. And, and, and how politicians flip-flop all the time in other words they lie the great warner wolf if they could bring him you remember him i don't uh warner wolf yeah warner wolf he's he's the guy that said let's go to the videotape and he would it was you know he was a sportscaster uh washington dc and in new york city you oh. you'd know him if you if you if you heard his voice and you mm-hmm. and you heard some of his stuff you'd remember who he is. Probably so. I just I'm never I've, Here, let me see if I can find something here. I'll see if I can find something to refresh your memory. Okay. Uh but anyway, um I noticed that it was something about COVID and that reminded me um of here, let's let's see if uh, 
see if we can play this. Um, but anyway, uh, it reminded me of what I was telling you. It, that you had brought up Pfizer and, and keep an eye out on Pfizer. I found the article, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it here in just a second. But The Big W now loaded up with videotape, including the Nets, the Russian All-Stars, Joe DiMaggio, and NHL action. All right, Ernie, at the Garden Game 1, the National Hockey League All-Stars beat the Russians 4-2. to Gillies and Fossey scored for the National Hockey League. Dryden had 18 saves. Now, if you really want to make this series meaningful, have the Russians agree that for every goal scored against them in this series, they will release at least one family now being held in the Soviet <laughs> Union against their will. All right, let's go to the videotape of tonight's game. Pick it up right here in the first period. The Russians in the red, the National Hockey League in the white, 16 minutes in. It's Clark to LaFleur, who beats Tretiak. It's 1 0. Five and a half minutes later, Perot So you don't, do you not recognize his. Uh... I do. It's just that if he did a lot of hockey, that would explain why. Well, I... no, he did. He did everything. I, I mean, okay. football, baseball. Um, and I, I think uh, at one point he was on. One of the morning shows, maybe. And I was a kid. That, I mean, the guy is 86 years old. So, I mean, these these are from, like, years and years and years ago. Um, And then <clears throat> he's kind of like a Paul Harvey kind of guy. Mm -hmm. uh, just had that, that broadcaster voice and, and the charisma. And, and, I mean, he was funny. Uh, he did a lot of blooper stuff as well. Um, but but his catchphrase, he was he he was famous for let's go to the videotape. And then he was also known for uh he called the foul pole in baseball the fair pole. <laughs> so you know, he just had some some shticks and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. but he was a great uh just had that great that great voice and the charisma, you know, like a lot of, I don't know if you ever went to Coors Field. Yeah. The announcer there, the, the Blackhawks have an announcer who's got a unique voice. I mean, you know, those are, uh, special kind of people, um, similar to, you know, uh, like Russ Limbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. All the Kansas city Royals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people don't know that. So um, <laughs> I found the article, and this is from uh, the beginning of December. So, and that's about the time, either before, uh, shortly before that, that you had mentioned keep an eye on Pfizer because something's going down with that company. Mm -hmm. um, Ken Paxton announced a lawsuit against Pfizer Thursday. Wow. Uh, this was in uh, uh, beginning of December. Um, unlawfully misrepresenting the company's COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness and engaging in efforts to censor public discussion of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Attorney General stated Pfizer's widespread representation that its vaccine possessed 95% efficacy against infection was highly misleading from day one. Yeah, I was wondering when this would start. You know, it's happened in Florida today. Oh, really? 
I didn't hear about that. Yeah. The, the only thing I've been hearing about is the, uh, the you know, the big story that uh, is a distraction. I don't know why it's taken this long, but the Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, well, they just had a document dump on that suit because the, everyone's name's been kept out of everything. Well, they've redacted, like, they've redacted most of the names. And here's, here's what I yeah. was talking to my wife about. I said, as far as I know, courts normally don't redact um, names unless it has something to do, because I believe this was federal court. Um, They don't redact things unless it has to do with national security or classified material. There is nothing classified about Jeffrey Epstein and his trafficking scheme that that well, has nothing other, other than the victims yeah. well the victims names may be redacted i i, I can see yeah, that i have a problem with but that. i'm talking but about the people right. that supposedly yeah. went to his island and flew on his plane and and yeah. and that he you know had parties with and stuff you know the the biggest name that that was redacted that has been unmasked is bill clinton and right. there's someone that says uh, he likes the young ones. And then they, you know, all of media, all of media, the entire mass media apparatus is saying, well, that doesn't prove anything. No, but you know what does? Is that he's known. He's been found guilty of having an affair with a younger woman. So you would think, well, that's kind of his M.O., right? You know, the other name that, that has popped up uh, that, that people know of is Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and people, there are supposedly witnesses that said, well, we never seen him do any, get any massages or anything. Well, that, that does, just because I don't, I don't see what you do behind closed doors doesn't mean it's not true. I'm not saying that I'm judging anyone. I am not speculating that these people have done anything criminally. Nothing is... I, I, I'm all about due process. Nothing, well, nothing has been litigated. Well, there's all kinds of people that go through different islands in the Caribbean, and they're not there for what... You know that island was supposedly about. Well, yeah, but that's a little bit. There could be a bunch. There could be people that went there. For all I know, I could have been there. I don't know, but I didn't serve. Well, but I think you would know if I was. If I was, then nothing like what I've heard was going on. So what I'm saying is, is that it's a private island. People have those, and it's possible. I'm not saying. Not trying to make excuses for anybody in advance. Just saying. It's possible that you could have flown on one of those planes to go do something with 20 people that had absolutely nothing to do with that stuff. No. Although that stuff could have gone on in two or three places, you know, little cabin things around there that you never knew about. Right. I've certainly heard of things like that. Mm. But uh, just because all I'm trying to say is that you could, your name could be on that list and that you're not guilty of anything. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's uh, like, but uh, I think we've got a right to know, uh, especially that's if the, the point here, like for example, Bill Gates, 
Um, how many times? I don't want to know if, if his name's on the list. I want to know how many times he went. Because it was enough to prompt his wife to file for divorce. So, and, and it cost him a pretty penny. So, and isn't he the guy behind an awful lot of the COVID nonsense? So, there's just something about the COVID stuff that I keep forgetting to say something. Oh, Florida. The, uh, the folks at uh, the FDA, strangely, not, not the CDC or NIH, but the FDA, have uh, censored the attorney general from Florida about making misleading or uh, misinformation about COVID vaccines. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly what he said or did or whatever, and I think he posted something on X or whatever it was, or Facebook or something meaningless. And all of a sudden he came back with, uh, well, we won't be doing any COVID vaccines in Florida as of today. <laughs> I mean, they're not really a vaccine. So, I mean, I know they changed the name, the definition of a vaccine this year, but or last year, but uh, that's too late because that's two years after they were lying about it. So it's just that, oh, well, so the guy came out and said, oh, we're, we're not going to allow the COVID vaccine in Florida. So we'll see what that little pissing contest turns out to be. Well, but, but this is—I think it should be personal choice. If you want a vaccine, go get a vaccine. I don't give a shit. I mean, there's a lot of people in this country that that ran out and got the vaccine and. And the 25 boosters that followed and, you know, whatever. Do what you want to do. Yeah. I hope, you, uh, I hope you did some research and know that that is an mRNA vaccine, which is the only mRNA vaccine that I am aware of in existence. Uh, and most people don't know what that means. Uh, and it's not... You know, not something we need to, you know, dive uh, but neck right. deep into. I mean, yeah, that that I actually have an in-law who uh, left Johnson & Johnson because of that several years ago. Because she didn't want to be involved with it. With uh, um, mRNA? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a good point. Because the intent is, and again, oh, what do you know? It's Bill Gates wants to use mRNA all over the darn place. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, cutting-edge stuff for, you know, this century. Isn't it strange? Isn't it strange that mRNA was accepted because of COVID, but they still fight stem cell research? And I mean... It, yeah, yeah. That is insane. You know, are we are are is our government really interested in saving lives? 
No. They, I mean, come on. About think about this for a him. second. Think about this for a second. And 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 Donald Trump's part of it. You know, he fast tracked all these pharmaceutical companies to come up with a, a, fa- a vaccine. As a matter of fact, it was under his administration that the vaccine was invented. Yeah. Uh, it was Joe Biden's idea to mandate it. Without getting too far into that, why is it that, why is it that a, a disease that killed, was it, what was it I said, 500,000 Americans? Well, it was about the same as a regular bad season of the flu. But I mean, it was it was so uh, overblown. Oh yeah. That and it was so important because so many people were dying and so many people were hospitalized. You just wait till you watch that video. You'll see how really bad it. Was. Well. They, they, they it, it was so, it was so bad, and and everybody was so scared of COVID nineteen that they developed a vaccine in less than a year, but they yeah. still can't cure cancer. Really, cancer has been around a hell of a lot longer than COVID. Now I know one is one is a virus, and one is a disease. They're they're two totally separate things. I understand enough about. Uh, medicine to know that you know that's that's an interesting point because there was and still is some i guess you could call it string theory but some theory around the idea that cancer could in some forms be a virus which i always thought that was interesting but uh i'll just give you a couple of heads up on it because it repeats a few things that i already knew i don't know how many other people do but that essentially that the hospitals were empty like empty shopping malls during covid Mm -hmm. and even in the winter when they usually would be full they would, uh, you know, hardly anyone would be there because of the COVID restrictions. And they might have, let's say, 30 beds set aside for a COVID award. And then they would have overflow ward outside. Well, they never even had 30 beds full at any point in time ever. Their ward was never full. Neither was any other hospital in the Cal State system. It's amazing to me. Not, not another hospital. Not, uh, possibly in L.A., but it wasn't part of the Cal State. Well, I think um, the medical profession, as far as anything that's not federal controlled, uh, has has decided that they were misled because all these people that were let go due to the fact that they wouldn't take a, a vaccine. Um, have all received letters and basically hospitals and whatever are begging them to come back. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, with back pay. Some, with back pay. Yeah. yeah, that's something that she's saying. It's, it's, they're so desperately understaffed. And I experienced that myself at the hospital that I was telling you about that I almost had to go John Wick. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, my, the grievance that I filed just went just went uh, official 
yesterday. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. But it's like one of the problems they have was, is that they don't have enough people because all these trained people left and they they started questioning their careers themselves, et cetera. And like, do I really want to be part of a profession that does this to people? Yeah, right. You know, and that's what this lady says, too. Um, so she's it doesn't break much new ground other than with some statistical anomalies that are quite shocking. And I'll just let you find those on your own. But because because it is quite interesting. Um, but uh it's well worth the time. I don't send crap out that is. Yeah, no, I, I understand. So, yeah. so um, if I take an hour and a half of my time, then people know, oh, Arlo did that, then it's worth watching. So, uh, what's what? Uh, it's just something I was getting ready to play here in a second. Oh, I heard someone say honey, and I was like, is that, uh, is that what she said? Or is that Carrie or what? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's funny. <laughs> Is that Carrie Underwood, Undertaker? Or, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So the, I guess the correlation that I was trying to make between Jeffrey Epstein and COVID is why aren't we allowed to know these things? Right. Again, the, the government is redacting names. Who are they trying to protect? If they're going to read... You made a valid point. The victims. They want to redact the victims' names, great. But why are you protecting people that could potentially be criminals? Yeah. What? Why are you doing that? And again, I, I believe it's because they're in the same circle. They all run in the same circle. Well, and, and yeah, how many... Yeah, I'm thinking Prince Andrew. Right. Well, did you ever see the video of the reporter that said that she had, and she's no longer, I believe it was from uh, CBS. Uh, could be wrong. So that's, we'll redact that. Um, she was talking about how she had all this stuff years before it ever came out. Like she was, she, I don't think she realized either she realized it or didn't that she was still on a microphone and she was saying she had, she had all the, the dirt on Epstein and the Clinton thing and all this stuff way before it ever surfaced. And she, she brought it to him and they said, we're not, we're not even touching that. Mm -hmm. I'll see if I can find that. Yeah, um, that, that's true. But but why are but why are we so why why is the government so filtered when it comes to um what what information is pertinent to the American people? So um an, an example well, and, and an why, example why is does that line up politically. Well, an, an example is the the Jeffrey Epstein file dump. Or, or mm -hmm. the, the outing of a few people when there are a bunch of them that they won't even show their names. Probably because some of those judges happen to be on that list. But here's... <laughs> but, but here's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
again, there's no reason to do that. Like, it's not a national security issue. It's not, it's not classified material because it doesn't have anything to do with the government or the military. He was charged federally, but that doesn't mean that it's classified. These people don't deserve protection. But listen to, listen to this. Right. With all the news coming out today, what would you do about the individuals on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? Yeah, look, we got to actually, and first of all, that's not even the whole thing. Why are we only seeing a partial list, a redacted list? So what I'm thinking right now, and you know, I didn't, a few years ago, I didn't think this way. People say this is a conspiracy theorist mindset. No, it's just a reality awakening based on how the game is played. I think that was actually a deflection <laughs> because it was a way to at least placate the people who have been making demands for a long time to actually avoid releasing. Just give us the full list. Give us the full video footage of what happened inside and outside the prison. Tell us exactly why Jeffrey Epstein was saying before he, before he said they tried to kill me, I'm not committing suicide. And then what ends up happening is what it looks like his brother actually has offered a different account in recent days. My answer is we deserve a government that tells the people the truth. Lay out the full information, not the partial list, not the redacted list. Why do you need redactions? List the whole thing. We, the people, deserve the truth. We have a government that has systematically lied to us. From the truth of, I mean, all the way, it goes back, these are third rails you're not supposed to touch. The truth about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, all the way to the basis for the war in Iraq, all the way to the basis for the 2008 bailouts, all the way to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was, the Hunter Biden laptop story we were told that was false on the eve of the last election, absolutely true, to the origin of COVID-19, which absolutely did begin as a man-made virus in a lab in Wuhan which you would have been censored if you said as recently as two and a half years ago. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. That's what I was referring to, the basis for the war in Iraq. All the way to how our money's being spent in Ukraine. The truth about what happened on January 6th, which we still don't know. Well, it, but the extent to which and how, tell us the details. Release the video footage. All the way to the National Transgender Shooter Manifesto, which they refused to release. Every other shooter manifesto released except for that one until it got leaked. All the way to the Jeffrey Epstein client list. We deserve a government that tells the people the truth again. Well, all of that stuff is, is things that we were talking about months and months and months ago before this election even started. Yeah, I'm sitting over here chuckling because I'm like, you know, if I talked faster, that could be me. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't I can't talk that bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't I can't even listen that fast. And so he's a he's a Nazi propagandist. He is this guy? I mean, that's what they refer to him as because because he was What's his, what's his name? That's Ramaswamy. Oh, that's Ramaswamy. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's okay. at a town hall, and, and, and somebody asked him, you know, what you heard him. What do you think of the recent, well, uh, you know, stuff with the, I, that, the Epstein? That's why, I, that's why I can't pick his voice out, because, you know, all Nazis sound alike. <laughs> um, maybe I have a little cold, <coughs> because I probably sound exactly like that. So, um, that's it. So... So he's a racist who talks fast. Okay. Well, he's. I agree with him on everything he said. 
I don't know that I agree with uh, everything that I've heard him say, but no, I, I, everything I, I in that, that little was a, field there, I, I totally agree with it because it could have been taped right here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What so, we've been saying for months and months and months and months is yeah, that why, is why, why are we so filtered? Yeah. So, well, and a lot of that is, well, I better not get into my theories, but um, he, I completely agree. It, and it just seems that it's one side. It's always one side. Um, they, they want to protect the Democrat and they want to go after the Republican. But I know Democrats say the same thing, and yet I'm like, Where's all the Republicans, though, that they're going after? Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, all, all the Democrats they're going after, other than what's his name in New Jersey for taking gold bars as bribes. But, you know, oh, poor Hunter Biden. They just want to ruin Hunter Biden. Well, seriously, that's the best you can come up with. Uh, you know, Rather, regardless of the parties and stuff, it's like, if it's true, then put it out there. And that's that's one of the things that I'll say I have I had admired about Trump was that when something bad came out, he'd say, release it all. Just get it out there and let people figure it out. There's none of this, oh, well, we want to hold this back or that back or whatever is... Get it out there, you know, let let whatever the perceived trouble was get out there and people look into it and all. All of a sudden, it's gone. Because sometimes there's something there, there, and, and a lot of times there's not. But the the more you withhold information, like in the Epstein case, then you, then you create, how many times have we said this? You create conspiracy theories because you're not, being honest, you're not letting information out. So that stuff's been, you know, he's been dead for uh, several years now. And I was reading an article on this stuff. Uh, maybe it was this morning. I don't know. But the article was even slanted, even though it's talking about these this document dump. It said three or four times in the article that Epstein committed suicide. Really? I haven't heard any information that verifies that he committed suicide. And yet the, the report in the AP is saying he committed suicide. Like, oh, yet there's no hospital, yet there's, there's no medical records of this thing at all. I don't know what happened to the guy on site there, but anything you'd need to, to draw a conclusion if it were you or me, to say, oh, yeah, there's the photos, there's the this, the death, the other thing. Uh, he obviously committed suicide. Or, no, he didn't, you know. But there's no way some reporter can say that. But yet their report is saying in the AP that he committed suicide. Um, so, so why is it that we're going to believe something like that and not not keep a question out there that it's suspected. You know, it's alleged that he did. It's suspected that he did. I've always thought it was improper to state 
that someone committed suicide unless you know darn well they did. Yeah, the because only thing that I ever knew their character, was right? that he died of asphyxiation. Well, that's true. I mean, I, 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 I have not seen the autopsy report or the conclusion. But from, from what I understood, and this was, you know, early on, I haven't really followed a whole lot of the story, mainly because we don't know anything. It kind of was. It kind of was a you know the flavor of the week, and then it was gone. Well, Michael Biden only, started talking about it, and then it disappeared. Yeah. Uh, well, and the only thing that's kept it alive is uh, Jelaine Maxwell's uh, trial, and now the 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 document dump. Other than that, it's just disappeared. It's disappeared out of. It's just not even a, a afterthought anymore. Well, it's just gone. Like many I, I other think things. That, I think what you just said about Jelaine Maxwell and what I just said about Michael Bodden are linked because all of a sudden that case jumped forward that she has um, because the, the documents started, you know, there started being some discussion about, hey, this stuff needs to get released. But Bodden said something about that. Uh, the, the, something there in the larynx was fractured yeah, in a way. I remember that. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was unusual to see. He, in fact, so unusual he had not seen it in the hanging. No, um, it, it, uh, and that. Correct me if I'm wrong. It would be indicative of someone who, like, you know, jumped from a a, a height. Not somebody who hung himself from the corner of a, a, a cot. Yeah, not a low impact yeah, yeah. strangulation, mm -hmm. but something like being punched in the throat, you know, a karate chop to the throat, a, you could do something like that with a rope. I mean, it would leave a different ligature mark, obviously, but uh, there's even some question about the ligature mark on him. So Biden started talking about that, and then all of a sudden it just dried up. It it just went dark. Like, why did that happen? But I was always taught, and and I know that it was a different era growing up. But you just that there was a, a negative connotation to someone committing suicide, and that you would never want to allege someone committed suicide unless they did. Or unless the odds were really long, strong that they did, because you were making a comment against their character, character. Because you know, people like a Catholic committing suicide would result in them not being able to be buried at a Catholic cemetery, because it's hallowed ground. And if you killed yourself, then you killed somebody. You committed murder, and you can't be buried there. Um, folks today might kind of wonder what the hell that's all about but it's a real thing people used to be concerned about character so i wouldn't want to accuse the guy of committing suicide or even say it's alleged except the odds are looking really strong that he didn't he did not i don't think there's very many people in this country that believe that jeffrey epstein killed himself 
Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what what party you belong to. It's, this is not a partisan uh, issue as far as uh, Epstein's crimes and 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 you know his girlfriend's traffic, you know, trafficking of young women and stuff like that. The political aspect of it is, uh, you know, what politicians knew about it and were involved, and 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 what was that involvement. But yeah. but even even uh, his supposed suicide. Um, what? Why is that something that? We, why can't we, as as the people? Uh, know what the hell's going on? Yeah, I, 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 it just keeps yeah. me bringing. It keeps bringing me back to that same question. I, I mean, why don't we? Why don't we know? Why haven't? Why hasn't the? I mean, you could probably find some of it, you know, and and maybe some still pictures and stuff. But why don't we have access to the Hunter Biden laptop? Yeah. What? What? Why not? You know, I know that he's suing uh, uh, the the owner of the computer store, and I think possibly Rudy Giuliani and possibly uh, some other politicians for violating his rights to privacy. Um, you know, he he's he's trying to claim that the computer store owner, um, you know, sold his his laptop for money and, and stand to gain, you know, whatever. Um, and that he, he had no business doing that. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but he did. Yeah. You know, and I was involved in a, in a situation, uh, in my previous employment where the FBI contacted me and said, uh, you know, we have a, a customer of yours that uh, we've arrested. And this computer was purchased at your location. And uh, we've confiscated it. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, uh, we'll send it back to you as soon as we're done. Now... He had child pornography on the computer. They're not going to send it back to me with that child pornography on that computer because, I mean, you know, it's child pornography. Not to mention, they're not going to, you know, you know they're not going to send it to me like with blackout bars on it, you know, covering uh, the victim's faces or anything. They're going to wipe that computer clean. Like they're going to bleach bit it and, you know, whatever the... Whatever they're they're gonna call Hillary and go how do we how do we get all this off of here right yeah and so I was like okay do you know when that'll be and they're like whenever we're done uh, okay that's not an answer but okay um and I'm not so the reason I told that story is I'm not expecting you know I don't want to see Hunter Biden's private parts or anything like that but but I'd like to see you know uh. You know, is he on there talking about, you know, his personal dealings and, and his business with his father? I mean, is there emails? Why am I not allowed to see that? Yeah. 
if he wants to be a child of the president of the United States, and he he gets uh, Secret Service security, and he gets to fly around on Air, on Air Force One or Air Force Two, and you know it's paid by my tax dollars, then I have every right to that information. That's my opinion. No, you're right, though. It, it's our country. We keep saying it. I know I do. Over and over and over again, ad nauseum. I'm sure both of our listeners are tired of it. But whose country is it? We the people means it's our country. It's not for. It's not a country for bureaucrats who allow us to live here. Yeah, these these trials. them. Yeah, these trials and stuff that are happening, even with Trump and and uh, you know whatever else, they're happening in federal court. So it's being paid for by taxpayers. Yeah. Now again, if it has anything to do with national security or or top secret uh, material, I had a top secret security clearance in the military. I get it. You don't want that crap getting in the hands of just any Joe schmo. Okay, so all the other stuff that's not classified and it's not top secret and it isn't uh, pertaining to national security, we have every right to see that. The case is no longer pending. There's no cases pending. Yeah, and the, and the laptop was abandoned property. He lost his ownership rights to it because of the time period that elapsed. So I don't know how people know, how much people do know, but I know you were computer business. This is also a computer repair business. I My closest... Uh, analysis is from like a hotel's uh, perspective where we would get the hotel that uh, I took over that I was telling you about the other day uh, had daily, uh, weekly, and monthly rentals. It was back going clear back to the old days to the depression where hotels that just to get some revenue they would let people. Uh, take hotel space, and they would do weekly rentals and monthly rentals and that sort of thing, just like apartments. They called them apartment hotels. Well, if someone left a hotel room or a short-term space, a week or one day uh, space, then if they uh, left something behind, they had a certain period of time I think it was 30 days to come get it after they left. And after that, it wasn't their property any longer. So we had to hold abandoned property in a room. It's tagged, you know, bag the tagging and uh, hang on to it, protect it until their time period's up. And uh, then it no longer belongs to them. Has value, has real value. People come back. For it. It's the same way if you take a lawnmower to a repair shop and and they call you and say, exactly. "Hey, you know your lawnmower is ready. It's five hundred and sixty bucks," and you don't right. go down there and pay the five hundred and sixty bucks within a certain amount of time, they own it. Yeah, you don't get to you don't get to come back later and say, "But that was a special uh, blade that I had put on that lawnmower." Here's the one from the factory that goes on there, you know, just like you would hard drive maybe. So uh, the hard drive on there is mine. The, the, the blade on that is mine. 
So let's put the blade of that was on the tractor on there, and then I can have my blade. It's like, oh, sorry. That blade, that hard drive, yeah. that whatever yeah. is not yours. It's yeah. abandoned property. Exactly. So, you know, he he's asserting that he's wanting to sue people over it because it's a legal tactic, but he has no right to it. It's not his. And Rudy Giuliani, um, you know, jumped on it. You know, if anything, I'm I'm sure he's probably regretting not just going ahead and going public with it. He's he's Giuliani played political games with it. Yeah. So the reason we don't have it is because of how Giuliani handled the situation. Oh my you know, gosh, he, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. In a hearing. Uh, and I believe it was uh either Attorney General Garland or um FBI Director Ray. And he's being grilled by Matt Gates, and and love him or hate him, Matt Gates doesn't f- pussyfoot around. And uh, he said, "Do you know where the laptop is?" And he's like, "No, I I have no idea." It was I think it was Christopher Ray, as a matter of fact. Now that I I'm exactly that's who it was. And and, and uh, he said, "So you don't know where you don't know where this laptop is." I mean, there's a chain of custody, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But the one thing he did was, uh, do you know what was on the hard drive? And he's like, no, never seen it. Well, I'd like to enter into the record. Uh, and he reaches <laughs> in his pocket and pulls out yeah. pulls out That's a copy right. of the hard drive. And 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 uh, at the time, uh, Sad, uh, Sadler was in in charge of the committee, and he's he's like, stop everything. And he's turning because they don't know procedure. They don't know the rules. They don't know the bylaws. They don't know anything about uh, 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 parliamentary procedure. He has to turn to a 20-something-year-old and start whispering about, how can I get out of this? Mm -hmm. But it was one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in a committee hearing where he's like, well, it's odd that you don't know anything about it. You don't know where it is, but I've got a copy of it right here in my pocket, and I'd like to enter it. And I'm like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But but that's what I'm talking about. How how ridiculous is that? But where is it now? You know? It, well, it's been submitted. So, it, it's part of the evidence submitted to that uh, committee. Yeah, so, so why don't we see it? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the 40,000 in, you know, 57 million hours of uh, capital insurrection that it's been released. I'm sure you could probably find some of it online. I, I, I have not gone to look. I was there. I don't need to see it. Uh, but I mean, all I, all I know is the little Chinese girls. I keep harping on that, but it's like it's the only thing I really remember from it. But I'm like, well, that's why they wouldn't want anything like that on there. But uh, I'm the only one who's ever I've ever heard say anything about it. So I'm like, have these people really seen this thing? Um, I'm sure there's tons of stuff on there that I never did see, but that I can tell you. So. What, what's um, that? The... The Chinese girls, the little Chinese girls. So, what were they doing? 
I'm not going to get into any more detail than I just did. Oh, well, the Chinese girls that I... Not appropriate at activity. The Chinese girls that I saw on January 6th in Washington, D.C. were walking around with um, petitions. Oh. Asking for signatures to protest the Chinese Communist Party. Mm -hmm. Most of them didn't even speak English. And if they did, it was very limited and broken. And and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll sign it against communism. I, you got one for Venezuela and New Zealand and yeah. Australia and I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, Russia, Ukraine. Uh, you know, let's let's not just go against the Chinese Communist Party. Let's go against all of them. As a matter of fact, do you have one for the House of Representatives? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's that petition at? Get the damn communists out of there. Yeah. Oh, 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 before I forget this again, I've been it's been popping into my memory for like this is the sixth time now. Um guess who met with uh Trump yesterday? Hmm, hadn't heard. <laughs> um Remember this particular cheese puff that we were making fun of named Sean O'Brien? Yeah. The despicable guy with the... Who said he wouldn't meet with Trump if he came to Michigan. Or wherever wherever Biden went. He said Trump was... I think Trump went there before Biden ever did. And he said he wouldn't meet with him, yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? Well, all I know is that uh, he had, he met with him privately, and uh, when they were done talking, he got his picture taken with him and uh, moved on down the road. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, very, hope, very interesting. I hope we did, we helped somewhat in shaming him because, uh, shame on him, yeah. Well, you know what's really funny? He doesn't know the man. He, he didn't know Trump prior to, you know, the UAW strike or or, it, right. or or for any reason. And he's probably one of those, you know, leftist guys that uh, believes everything he sees and hears on television or, or what his friends and family that are like-minded and what they all believe and think uh, is the truth when they don't know. I mean, well, you're right about that. If I mean, you sit and if you sit and watch a rally with Donald Trump, he says some stuff. He's gotten better at it because he'll say something and go, "That's that's a joke," or you know, "I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding mm-hmm. around." Because before he never said stuff like that. But if you have that kind of sense of humor or any kind of sense of humor whatsoever, which Nobody on the left does. Like I said, they're all doom and gloom, and they're all, you know, oh, my God, the world is coming to an end, and, you know, we're the only ones that can save the planet, and all this other nonsense. But if you sit and watch him, he's funny as hell. And from what I understand, people that have met him and who who have been around him, he's just a hilarious guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... but, I think you're funny. I, I I've been told I'm extremely funny. Um, you know, at parties and stuff, I'm I'm kind of the the clown. 
but if you didn't know me and, and you just kind of looked at me, you'd think, God, that guy's an asshole. You know, because I don't talk a lot. I don't smile all the time, you know. But I also know the time to laugh and joke and the time to be, be serious. And that's kind of how Trump is. There's no gray area. It's either joke time or it's, hey, this is business. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is business time. Yeah, I I got to a point where it's like, you know, there's only a few things in, the, in life that are so serious that you have to be serious. Right. I'd rather joke around most of the time, even in uh, in something, a situation that most people think is serious. Like I was talking with you about like my grandfather passing away and, you know, before the funeral services and stuff, my grandmother and I were chuckling a little bit and everything. And it's like, you know a family who's had a close family member be uh, comatose for a month, a whole month before they finally pass away. You need a little levity in your life. Yeah. Those are good things to happen. You know, so before you uh, go buttoned up all the time, just out of looks, just to make people uh, think, oh, they were so... Uh, grief-stricken or whatever, you know, like the woman faking her her husband running away because she didn't really want him coming back, but she just thought it was going to be for the camera, you know, <laughs> <laughs> faking the, the tears for the, for the, please come home, you know, please help me find my husband. Well, you know, she didn't really want him back. Well, people can see through that crap, so just... Yeah. You know, you got to laugh and joke and stuff. And you do. And sometimes, and, yeah. Like like Reagan's comment when he says, you know, we've decided to outlaw the Soviet Union, the uh, bombing starts in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when Trump gives, you know, Nikki Haley, uh, you know, he gives people nicknames and stuff. A lot of the times he's just joking around. Yeah. You know, he's having fun with what he's doing. And they're like, oh, he's just a bully. Shut the hell up. Shut yeah. up. But it's sad. I mean, what you're saying and, and what we're talking about is sad. I mean, it's like Ricky Gervais. I don't know if you know him. He's a comedian from the mm-hmm. UK. Mm-hmm. And he just did a new special. And and it's sad to see someone who's made a living. Of course, you know, he, he got in trouble at the Oscars or whatever it was. He hosted so, several times. Because he, he wasn't being political politically correct and and he said some controversial things so he's fell into this trap and he's like his new special several times and and he'd make a joke and go okay you know at the beginning and maybe in the middle and then at the end maybe like two or three times he has to announce that these are just jokes and that (laughs) we should be able to find he said you know i I've been, you know, uh, chewed out because I made uh, some jokes about people getting raped. And he said, even in some of the darkest things, you could find, you should be able to find humor in them to kind of lighten the, you know, the seriousness and 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 the, maybe the sadness or or the uh, trauma of someone who's been through something like that. That's the dirty little secret. 
about how people keep from going insane. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I thought, man, it's sad that he even has to say this. He's at a comedy show. He's a com- He's the main comedian at a comedy show and has to announce. I hope I don't offend anybody because you do understand these are just jokes. I I, I find that to be so ridiculous. We didn't. I used to go to the the, the comedy club there and uh, just uh, across from Cowboys in Colorado Springs. Oh yeah. Used to go there several times. You know, a year. I, I was never offended by what anybody said. Because I knew that most of the time, this is all just something they made up. You know, a lot of it's not real. The people they're talking about aren't real. The the situation they're they're maybe uh telling a story about, it's not real. But even if it was, the shit's funny. Yeah. And 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 nobody's hurt from it. It's not like you're going out and hitting them overhead with a club, you know, breaking their kneecaps with a baseball bat, running them over with your car. That's 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 mean. Mm-hmm. But making a joke about somebody is not mean. I have said some things to some people in my life that were funny at the time, and I get it. But I thought, man, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Because they were they were potentially cruel things, but they were friggin' hilarious. Well, yeah, it's like, I forget how the joke goes, but it basically goes like, how can you tell, you know, when you fall down... Someone who a complete stranger asks if you're okay, um, a family member helps you up, and, but a friend says, "Walk much." <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you and know, I think I told you the story. Someone knows you, you know. So in my crowd, girl, you know, in my crowd, it would be uh, first day with your new feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Some, some people may say, man, that's really cruel. I, I think I told you the story about, uh, and you may know who, I, who I'm referring to. There was a blind guy that used to come to Cowboys all the time. Oh. I mean, he, he walked through that giant nightclub with a stick. And and a lot of times he'd come in early for happy hour, and then he, you know, before it got too busy, he'd leave. But there were numerous times where where he uh, <laughs> he'd stay late, and and uh, there was this one time, Tim, it was me, Tim, and and Larry, were standing by behind the the DJ booth, you know, where the bathrooms are. And I think we had either just played or we were getting ready to play golf, and he comes around the corner, comes out of the bathroom, comes around the corner. And he said, man, I wish I could golf. And I said, man, it's not that hard, dude. Just keep your eye on the ball. (laughs) (laughs) And Tim and Larry looked at me, and they're like, what the hell did you just say that blind (laughs) And he laughed. He thought it was funny. And, like, there was another time he's walking, and he's getting ready to go to the bathroom or something, and, and he catches his leg on a couple of stools, almost falls over and stuff. I said, man, why don't you watch where you're walking? (laughs) 
<laughs> and I used to do that to him, and he would laugh just like you are. He'd bust out laughing. He's like, yeah. dude, there's nobody else that would ever say anything like that to me. Only you. And I said, buddy, it's because I love you and you're a good guy. Yeah. You know? Uh, exactly. And, yeah. and if I tried to do that today, I, I might have the FBI on my doorstep. For, for you know, making fun of someone. You never know. Yeah, it's uh, it's really been a... Uh, squelching of uh, you know how people relate to one another, and and I wouldn't say that to some. Listen, I knew him really well just because of you know our interactions, and he would come into our establishment. I would never say that to a stranger. I would definitely not say a lot of things that I've said. Most of the stuff that I've ever said is towards somebody that I know, and they know how I am, and 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 I can take it just as much as I dished it out. It didn't bother me. You know, but I wouldn't walk up to a complete stranger and, and you know, someone that was blind like that and say that to him. But but we, we would laugh and joke. I mean, he'd say stuff about me, too. It's not like, I, you know, I was picking on him or anything. But we would both laugh at each other because we were idiots. We were just having fun. Yeah. And, and, and bless his heart that, that he did not take offense being a blind person and handicapped, basically handicapped. I, mean, I guess you can't even use that anymore. Uh, that, that he laughed at himself. And, and that's what we should all still be able to do is laugh at ourselves. Listen, I make some of the dumbest freaking mistakes. I've made a lot in my life and did some really stupid shit that was funny. Uh, and, I, and I'll be the first to laugh at my own self. Make fun of my own self. And, well, yeah. And, you know, people people can't do that anymore today because, you know, their feelings. They don't want anybody yeah. help. They don't want anybody hurting their feelings, let alone themselves. I mean, that's pretty much the end of the world for them. Well, it's amazing how many... Uh, uh, Humorless people I've run off in the last few years. Yeah, listen, if you have, can't have fun and have a sense of humor, I don't even want to be around you. Well, that's true. And so many of them are people who are, you know, they're fine if you, uh, it, it, it's odd. They're all um, Marxists. A lot of them closeted Marxists, like Mitt Romney. Um, would never admit that they were until, like we were talking about a couple of days ago, that now they can, now the Marxists are, are feeling way more comfortable in talking about cultural Marxism mm -hmm. publicly. And they never would have before this week. You know, yeah, yeah. It just it, suddenly it's okay. Which, well, which to me is a sign, Ron. Well, I definitely think it is, and it's like these people who are so suddenly so sensitive. I get some of it, like you're talking about with the, you know, you have a blind person, and you, I, I, like all the years that I served with the uh, deaf and blind school, 
um, one of the kids uh, was, I remember him talking about, uh, he thought he would get a uh, seeing eye dog. And his mom was asking him why, and he says, because it would be a chick magnet. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I may give up the cane piece and, and get a, a seeing eye dog because it was a crack girl, you know? Like, well, you know, what do you expect an 18-year-old guy to say? I mean, really? So uh, he ultimately didn't because he was honest enough with himself to admit that he didn't want all of that responsibility because it does tie you down. Having, you know, my, my two Czechoslovakians are... Uh, uh, you know, uh, quite a handful. That, that's a huge commitment to take on. Um, so, but a seeing eye dog, they, they have their own needs. You know, they're, uh, they're something that you just can't, you know, leave them at home and uh, go do what you want to do and forget about them. So every day is a training day. So, it's just odd to me, though, where people who would just laugh their butts off at a comedian, say, at that club that you're talking about, they could come into that club and make, let's say, uh, Reagan was president, and make fun of Ronald Reagan and conservatives all night long, and maybe tell one off-color, uh, quote-unquote, liberal joke. And no one's offended at all. And everyone who's a conservative is expected to just sit there and take it. Okay. Well, then, you know, let's say Clinton comes along as his president. And you have a comedian come in there. Well, they never would come in there and make a bunch of jokes about liberals and, and Clinton. Uh, oh, but there's a story I got to tell you. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah. never, but it's like. They, like we were talking the other day with respect to um, uh, the Civil War, and would it be maybe that the it's going to be something that's going to put the liberals in a bad light? No, it's it, that's never happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with comedy. Is that oh, it's only funny if you're making fun of a conservative because you can't make fun of yourself. I don't know if you ever heard this. Laughing at yourself is important. It is. To be able to do. Mm -hmm. Well, these people, I, I, I just have, have not let up that I, I decided that if you think that it's okay to make fun of people who don't think like you all the time, like me, are going to sit around and take it anymore while you guys are doing things that you should not be doing, forget about it. I'm going to, I'm going to humiliate you people. And I have. And I've run them all off. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the the one of the best ways, if you don't want to push back by, you know, uh, marching or whatever, at least mock them and make fun of them. It's very yeah. easy to do. Yeah, and that's what they get offended by. Well, and and yeah, because most of them. Most of them are incapable of defending themselves, whether it yeah. be uh, 
whether it be in intellect or physically, yeah. physically, either yeah. or. They can't take it. No, they can't. You know, they can't. even even when it's true. You know, uh, and I, I got oh, especially admit, that's true. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've just made stuff up, even on here. I've just made up a story out of the clear blue sky. Can you imagine, you know, the three three drunk Irish priests walking out of a bar? You know, it's never happened. You know, and then all of a sudden, oh, it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. you no matter how far you just get off the dime on making stuff up, all of a sudden it happens. So it's just these folks, they just can't, they take things so seriously. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that movie that you watch, uh, and like the husband doesn't, like something odd is going on or they think the neighbor has done something or someone's spying on them or something like that. And the husband doesn't believe the wife or, yeah. or vice versa. You know, I sit here and I, and I see something like that. And I look at my wife and I go, if you ever, like, if I told you something and just was very adamant that, hey, this is freaking going on and you didn't believe me i just tell you to get lost yeah or if it was the other way around she'd say to me hey if if you if i told you i saw like a uh i don't know a freaking alien in our closet three times and you didn't believe me as much as i kept telling you that i, I know what i saw I, i'd be pissed and i'm like well i I'm, I'm not saying i wouldn't tell you you were a liar and I'm not saying that I wouldn't wouldn't believe you. I might be skeptical, but I mean, I, you're, I my wife, so you're my I wife, so you're my wife. So I, in there. yeah, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> grab my gun and and check it out. But it's just weird how we're wired that way. So, but the, I wanted to tell you a story. You were talking about uh, comedians and stuff, and I could probably find it. Uh, but it was when Hillary Clinton was running for president. And there were three comedians. There was a story about this. Who just blasted on her. And it was in a small comedy club. I don't remember where. But it's not like it was on national TV or anything like that. And the video went viral. One of her campaign staff called the business and said, you need to fire those comedians. We want their names, their addresses, and their phone numbers. And, and we we're going to make sure that they never work again. And the owner of this comedy club told him to get bent. <laughs> but she, she saw it, and she didn't like it. And this is, what, this is some of the things that I like to talk about that, that point out to people that they live in their own little world. They have their own rules and they have their own expectations about well, how you act, not how they act, not right. how they carry themselves, not how they live their lives, but everything is about them controlling how you live and, and act and carry yourself and, and what you can eat and drink and all this other stuff. 
And and they literally called him. This they called him several times, and and finally he just told them to f off and hung up on them. Like they wanted these people's personal information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what are you What are you going to do, Hillary? Are Are they the next people that three comedians uh, unexpectedly commit suicide? Exactly. I, on I mean, stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean. It's it's crazy to me. <clears throat> why wasn't the FBI knocking on her door saying, why are you trying to get the information of comedians that were making fun of you? What, what's, the right. po- what's the purpose of that? Why did you need their names, phone numbers, and addresses? Mm-hmm. Are you threatening violence? Yeah, are, are you inciting violence? So yeah, this this is the first I've ever heard of that. Yeah, I, it's it, it's probably still online somewhere, and I mean, I laughed so hard. I it's, there was one uh, had something to do with it. the guy said Hillary Clinton hasn't had a period in sixty years. Could you imagine her being president? No, <laughs> I, I mean, they, I, literally, it was it was pretty it was pretty harsh. But so what? Yeah, true. Isn't that what freedom of speech is all about? Well, and it's like, if it's It's, okay to do to someone else, then why isn't it okay to do to your guy? Well, for sure. And, and, and it's not like, it's not like they were saying, Hey, you know, uh, somebody get a gun and, you know, let's do some bad stuff. They're making fun of somebody. And, and, and that's part of our culture in this country. You know the yeah. the whole anti-bullying thing. I, I mean, you know, we don't want you know kids beating each other up on the in the school playground, and I I understand that. But man, sticks and stones may break break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Come on, grow well, up. People need to grow up. Yeah, it's 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 an attempt to change the culture, you know, obviously. And it's worked remarkably well because so many people think that that is so proper. Uh, Lord knows why, because uh, I remember arguing with my mom about this subject when uh, actually Trump was still in office. And I made the comment that I have never seen such a vile, disgusting uh, activity out of people before he was elected. I've just never seen the filth that I've seen come out of these activists uh, about and against Donald Trump. Uh, It's just venomous. And that changed me. I mean, what they're trying to do is obviously label him somehow, but uh, I looked at it like I would never, ever want anything to do with people who act like that. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, so I, I didn't it, have, it, I if I happen to be around them longer than five minutes and that's pushing it, I'm liable to, I'm liable to throat punch somebody like that. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with telling an off-color joke, like like the one you just said about Hillary Clinton. I make fun of her hog jowls all the time, you know. 
Have you ever seen hog jowls like that on anyone? No, but there they are. I mean, every time I see her, they're flapping around in the wind. Let's see so, if I can find it. I'm going to look for it. But I'm like, talking. <laughs> there's probably a gif out there. Shit I don't know. Is, but, this shit is fun. But I'm like, yeah, she's just bad news. But, but so what? You know, it's a physical trait I'm making fun of. Maybe I shouldn't do that, but. Look what she does. So, like, that's what humor is, is a sarcastic way of coming back at somebody a certain way. But it's like, I don't want to do that all day long, but it's kind of fun to throw one out there every now and then. And even if you're surrounded by Hillary people, it's like, okay, well, if you can't laugh at that, then fine. You know, <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> so, um because you, I'm not going to sit around and hear and listen to jokes about Mitt Romney's dog on top of a car, uh, you know, for a half hour, and then you can't take one snide comment about Hillary. No, that's not going to happen. So, um, but still, I'd rather just not engage in all of that all the time. I just, I, I think politics is a slimy thing. And I think we need it out of our culture. Uh, and yeah, I think I, I think you're right. And I think uh, somehow we need to make sure that everything's not politicized because it's destroying the country. It's destroying the country, but it's it's more so affecting the people that live in the country. the The politicians don't care. They want to see us at odds. You know, they. I, I think like. This movie, Civil War, that's coming out, and and the talk of, you know, uh, using F-15s and nuclear weapons against their own citizens, and and you know the talk of the, the even Joy Reid brought up, you know, uh, that there are there are uh, what are they what do they call those people oath seekers or oh oh yeah oath seekers yeah yeah. They're in our government. Oh, no, They're in oath, our, oath keepers. Oath keepers. Brahma seekers and oath keepers. Yeah. So they're in. They're in our government, and those are the people that support Donald Trump. And that, <laughs> yeah, and that they they are dangerous. And I'm like, what? I I don't even like. I didn't even know the correct term, right? Because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um. And again, you know, we're we're MAGA. We're ultra MAGA racist white Nazis who want to overthrow the government. She's talking about a coup and all this other crap, yeah. and I'm like, listen, you you are you are talk about stereotyping, yeah, and uh, um, what do they call that uh, when a police officer? Uh, you know, goes after somebody because of their ethnicity or or something like that, or oh, well, yeah, they're targeting them. Yeah, um, but there's a specific term for it. That that's what she's profiling. doing. Profiling, yeah, they're profiling. Yeah, profiling. She's profiling. It's like me when I say something. I don't want to paint everybody with a broad brush. There are certain people, and there are probably people that she that, that she is describing that exist. But you can't sit there and say. Well, everyone on January 6th was an insurrectionist. Yeah. 
Uh, anyone who marches to Washington and who is a Trump supporter is a white racist Nazi. Yeah. Anyone, yeah, like, any, well, anyone who protests or riots, because let, let, let's say that hypothetically, Donald Trump is indicted and is put in jail, and there are riots in the streets. Well, those are just white supremacists you know, fascists. Well, why, why can't I say that about the, the riots that happened for an entire year? You know, they're, they're wanting to put Donald Trump in jail because he incited an insurrection and, and a riot. They, they've started using that term now. He incited a riot. He incited violence. Okay, so why aren't you going after the founders of Black Lives Matter? Right. Why, why aren't you going after the heads of Antifa? You went after the Proud Boys. You know, you went after the Oath Keepers or whatever the hell they're called. What what happened to the what happened to the leaders of Black Lives Matter? They 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 did billions of dollars in destruction in in a, in a year. Shut yeah. down cities, major cities. Continue to shut down. <laughs> Uh, interstates. You know, the, the pro-Palestinians are doing that stuff. Why aren't you going after the heads of those groups? Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's so, so you see how it works both ways? I mean... Yeah, uh, it's not uh, equal protection can under I, the law. Can I yeah. refer to them as fascists? Yeah. And, and you know, Antifa, you never went after Antifa. As a matter of fact, you bailed them out of jail. Fascist three. You, yeah. you are aiding and abetting criminals when you do that. I don't know why nobody's ever brought that up. Kamala Harris and, and Joe Biden, you know, they're bailing out all these, these protesters and these people that destroyed private property. That's aiding and abetting, if you ask me. Is, speaking of abetting, is Joy Reid related somehow to Harry Reid? Like his wife or daughter or something well i mean he's a democrat so he maybe his ancestors owned a plantation at one point and she's yeah she, yeah she's in the reed family because uh, nope. i know there's like there's like robert bird and then the the guy who was the cop you know the the killer of uh the woman uh during the uh peaceful protest on January 6th, killed Ashley Babbitt. His name was uh, Bird also. I forget his first name all of a sudden, but I was just wondering if he was related to Robert Bird. So I'm just thinking maybe there, maybe there's something to that oddball theory that these people are related somehow, even though they're very different races. I have no idea what races they are, but it's, it would be racist to try to find out. But just the names are in common, so I just find that rather interesting. Um, <clears throat> well, I think that's a, a, a good reparations topic, though. Of, uh, you know, they're unequal treatment under the law. The whole COVID thing. One of the things that came out of that conversation with this nurse was that it was a 
what, what was done at these hospitals was a crime against humanity because the the people who were dying in the hospitals of COVID were dying from the treatment protocols, not from COVID. Just think about that for a minute. They, they were not allowed to use steroids on something that was seen as the most inflammatory virus that anyone in the medical profession had seen. Even in just a, 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 a pneumonia, that it was, or, or, or uh, the flu, that it was more inflammatory, by far, like several times more inflammatory. And the treatment protocol says that you use steroids for that. And yet they were forbidden to use steroids. And they were put on ventilators and all of that. But they, the treatment protocols killed patients who had COVID. Yeah, isn't it funny? You don't, you don't, you don't, you know, hear about. Uh... That's a crime against humanity. I think that's something that needs to be in our, in our, in our discussion about who, who gets reparations from unconstitutional activities. You know, I'm with you on if, if you want to get the uh, fake vaccine, then fine, get the fake vaccine, get it a hundred thousand times a day if you want to. I honestly don't give a crap. Just don't get anywhere near me. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to take that stuff, fine. Just fine. If you, and you can wear 17 masks if you want to all the time. Just don't get mad at me because I won't and because I laugh at you. Um, but, you know, I had several family members die that were in the last three years who were perfectly healthy. Now, granted, they were older. They didn't have multiple comorbidities. Very healthy. That's a lot of my family is very long lived. But I know of two people right now who are struggling really bad. Who are both vaxxed every time they were told to, and one of them suffering from kidney failure now. It's turned. Wow. Um, well, yeah, it, it's literally a any day, any week now thing. Um, and then another. Um, and then I'm just not going to get into the details on it right now. But it's like there's several others. One of my uncles, great uncles, passed away last summer. Great. Several great aunts. All perfectly healthy people. And then all of a sudden they had uh, stuff that they hadn't had before. And... Uh, that's been going on all over the country. There's about five to seven different things that are floating around that the incidents have gone way up from how they used to manifest before. Blood clotting also, big deal, pulmonary stuff. Well, a lot of the military personnel are experiencing health problems. Uh... Yeah. So... They were forced that to get that, it. that never occurred prior. They lost their job. Yeah, never occurred prior to uh, vaccinations. There was never, you know, mass. 
mass numbers of uh, military personnel that were uh, that were having heart issues and and all this other stuff prior to them being forced to take a, ma a vaccine that didn't work. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm all for what Trump did with respect to uh, green lighting, fast tracking things without forcing people to take it. Well, and he he so when he got COVID, but I see I see well, but he had remdesivir, which you'll see that in in this video that remdesivir is actually something you should not be taking. And I bet you he got it because he had had taken remdesivir, and then he ultimately got COVID. Well, but he but he did go on TV and say uh, it was either an interview or or maybe it was one of his press conferences where he said I got the vaccination. He said there's nothing wrong with it, but it's your choice. I decided to get it. Yeah, he wasn't on. TV, like the Democrats were saying, not only do you have to get this vaccine, but you need to carry a card that says you got one. Yeah, because uh, in the role he took, I, I don't know that there's a way to do anything and make everybody happy. I don't think he pushed back enough. Yeah, that's on the other what, hand, uh -huh. On the other hand, I think that... Uh, he got so much pushback. If, if he said, you know, it's a love, the sky is a lovely shade of blue today, he would get pushback over that. You know, oh, you'd yeah. have that, these clowns from CNN uh, saying, oh, that, that's not even, uh, that's not even blue. It's actually, uh, blue doesn't a color in nature. It's actually a shade of whatever. Okay, fine. But that's all he got oh, for four years. So, you know, at some point you got to say, uh, I, I got to find a way to sound positive over this because I don't want to make you feel like your brother just died or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so he was trying to stay positive and upbeat and everything. And he didn't also want to attract a whole bunch of negativity around anything that he said. But I, at some point, expect him to, I don't want to say come clean, but to speak straightforwardly about this is how I honestly feel about the whole COVID thing that went down on my watch, how I handled it, and how I think I would have done this differently, this better, not done this at all, what have you. A Tucker Carlson type of an interview where you can, you know, you have to be honest. But that's my one gripe about Trump is that the the fighter in him uh, didn't fight for freedom in that situation. Now he was much more in favor of a freedom type of a tack than as you're saying the democrats where they want they basically wanted everything locked down i mean people i know on the left were like oh no he they wouldn't even talk to you if you didn't think his reaction to the response to the covid uh is, is the language they would use the 
do you think his response to COVID has been okay? And if you didn't, if you weren't negative and the first three words that came out of your mouth, they'd shake their head and wouldn't talk to you anymore. That, well, there's people that still do that, Ron. I seen uh I know I yeah. seen pictures of somebody that posted online that said uh, you know, they're wearing a mask on an airplane. <clears throat> and they're yeah. like, Yeah, still doing my part to make sure that everybody stays safe and I'm like, You are an idiot. Yeah. They're not smart enough to have a conversation with. So uh, and I've I've pretty much come to the conclusion that uh, more than half the people in the world are not. You know, not everyone uh, is a rocket scientist, and and that's okay. You know, uh, I, I wonder. Those those are the people who won't survive uh, two weeks without power. You know, uh, they'll be like the zombie class that they'll be eating each other. Yeah, um, I don't even know if it'd take two weeks. Oh it will, no! To see massive amounts of people lot. die. Yeah, they'll just be massive panic attack, panic attacks. But at, at some point, I'd like to hear, you know, him speak from the heart about, you know, what that entire experience was like. I don't think it would be wise to do it right now, but I think it would make sense at some point before the election, um, because I think from some of the public comments he's made. Uh, I, I disagree that he, you know, he was like, you know, that, that was a big deal to get the vaccine done. It's like, you know, it was a really big deal to get some sort of treatment done that fast and fast tracked and everything, but let's not call it a vaccine. Yeah. Let's not talk about how great it was. Let's not talk about how many lives it saved. It, it was, there were several very positive things though about what he did. And I have a problem with being honest and open about that. But there are also some really negative things that happen too. So, you know, you and I both come from a perspective of, we don't want to be a cheerleader and we don't want to be negative Nancy. We want to be objective about things. Yeah. And I think that's a good, I think that's an accurate objective comment about that subject without having to go too far one way or another um because i i honestly don't have a good feel for how he honestly thinks about that entire situation um i am i am almost positive that if he had to do it all over again it wouldn't be the same way Yeah. I mean, I don't think Fauci would make it <clears throat> as long as he did. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I've talked about and with you is that, you know, there are... For a guy who was never in politics, he, he didn't have... Uh, he didn't always have the right people around him. And and I don't know that it was so much of a loyalty thing like like he wants you know that he conveys. Um, I think I think a lot of those people were opportunists, and a lot of them were there to uh, interfere with his administration. 
So I, that's just my opinion, but uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. And and uh, and again, I think I think maybe this time he might go that that step or two further that that we think he didn't go far enough a few times. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying in a radical way. I'm just saying that you know he's not gonna he's not gonna you know take any bullshit. Uh, if he's reelected, first thing, the first thing everybody's got to get over and, and stop saying is that he's, he's going to be the, he's going to be reelected. Well, uh, the mistake that a lot of conservatives, independents and, uh, you know, moderates, whatever have, have made throughout my lifetime is uh you know they don't there's first of all there's no pushback second of all we heard oh we're going to impeach Mayorkas we're going to impeach uh Garland um you know we're we're going to do this we're going to do that none of that's ever came about and i'll go as far as to say that Trump was Trump was elected by a, a lot of moderate Republicans at the time, and 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 more so the the people like me who are anti-establishment conservatives, because they were sick and damn tired of the same old crap that the Republicans have been doing for fifty years. Yeah, and they and they themselves don't they still don't get it. They, they still don't get... Listen, if Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination, and I'm just going to call it, uh, Joe Biden will be reelected. doesn't matter who it is. Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, uh, I, I pick your poison, it doesn't matter. The, the conservative and Republican people are are on the side of Donald Trump and have been since he announced coming down the escalator. Sure, there's there's maybe some that have decided that they're not going to vote for him. And so be it. But those conservatives and those Republicans who are trying to convince all the rest of them to go with somebody else because he he's just not he had his time, it's over. Uh they still don't get it. No, they don't. They don't. They, in fact, they would rather lose. Uh, of course, to, they would. Than to alter their thinking or critically think, they just rather lose. I mean, that's a a, a McConnell Republican. Well, yeah, and that's the. I think that's the where the. Um, you know the division in the Republican Party is, it's, it, and and everybody makes it sound like you know, uh, just because you're in the same party means that you have. Th- this is a Democrat thing. Yeah. If you're in our party, then you go with what we, you know, with the majority. That, that's why they use democracy so much. That's why they use the term democracy so much. You go with what the majority of us want. If not, you're out. Where the Republicans can disagree, 
They could even they could even yell at each other or hold sixteen votes for the Speaker of the House, right? And that's that's more natural and that's more that's more of a a, a Republican a, a republic form of government than what the Democrats do. Oh, for sure, yeah. And so I would, I, I would actually have more respect for the Democrats if they did criticize one another more, if they did break off and, and you know, 10 of them voted against the rest. They of can't them. do that, Ron. Have, just, just look, look at, Oh, I know, look, uh, but I would have respect for them, but they don't care about me and they don't care about, yeah, they don't care about anybody, like but, but the, the circle. Well, yeah. So, exactly. so those type of people that you're talking about either leave the party and become a Republican or they become Joe Manchin like well and I'm gonna and run as a third party candidate because I can't run as a Democrat I can't well, win why, I can't win re-election RFK Jr. yeah RFK Jr. is the same way he's running as a well, Democrat they don't they, he's not a part of the clique so what does he do see you've hit on a lot of where that divide is with the with the Jews and American Jews and uh, the whole situation with Israel. Um, because that's how it breaks down in the Republican and Democrat parties, too. Um, and a lot of it is, as I've said before, because you've asked me about it, but I think this stuff with these Palestinian protests and stuff are bringing it, a, bringing it out even more. But there's a whole lot of Democrats who are all for standing behind these Palestinians, even though they went into Israel and killed people and raped women and took away a couple hundred hostages or so. They still have them hostage, the ones that haven't died yet. Um, and yet we've got Americans who are backing that up. And if, by God, Biden doesn't uh, take that line, then they're going to quit the administration. They had some high-level uh, education official just resign yesterday or day before or something like that over that. Like anyone gives a crap. But Are you talking about the... You're not talking about the president of the uh, university. No, 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 no. Although that also just happened, yeah. too. Yeah. It's like, how can you be the president of Harvard? Well, I don't know. I, I watched a well, couple first, of... First, how could the president of Harvard get paid $900,000 a year? She checked all the boxes? Yeah. You know, it's like... There's no university president that ought to get $900,000 a year. <laughs> no. No. I mean, Harvard doesn't even, I don't, they don't really have football. I mean, I, I guess they do, but it's like, it's not like they're Alabama or anything. Right. Their football coach doesn't bring in dollars to the university. But, you know, anyway, I just better not get too deep into that but it's like the the schism in the democrat party is the 
pretty much the same as it is in the rest of the country here, where you and I have always talked about how on earth can you be Jewish and be against what XYZ is, this policy that we're, or whatever it is of the day that we're talking about, where you have people who are pro or con on it, and you think, how can you... How can you vote as a block if you're Jewish for for Biden when this is his policy? Um, and yet, you know, his left flank is pushing him even further. Uh, and it's it's because the the more ob- the term they use a lot is observant. The more observant Jews left the Democrat Party because they can't reconcile the Democrat Party's policies toward uh, Israel as a, as a practicing Jew. The ones who can back what is going on politically from the left aren't necessarily a, that observant. They're more like a descendant they would treat jewish as being a uh hereditary situation a racial thing a cultural thing you know they they interchange the it's like if you would identify african-american as christian or african-american as muslim you know you'd have a connotation that there's a the religious aspect along with the racial aspect along with the location. That's how Israel gets looked at, though, is that there is a perceived uh, religious connotation to it. And, and it's an accurate perception because they're allowed to be a Jewish state. If you're a Palestinian, you don't get to vote in Israeli elections. But why is it the Palestinians and other Arabs who happen to live in Israel, even though they're, they don't have the right to vote, why is it that they're in favor of Israel over Palestine right now? Because they know they have a much better life there in Israel. Well, if you listen, run like a real country. But if you, know? you listen to the uh, mass media, just just go online and check, and you pull up NPR or uh, I don't know CBS News, any of those. The new thing is is that seventy six percent of Israelis want Netanyahu to resign. It's all over the freaking television. Yeah, even though it's not true. It, it, I mean, I'd find that hard to believe uh, um, based on what happened in October. But uh, I'll be honest, uh, or November, was it November? Um, <clears throat> that's what the people in this country want because they can't control him. Joe Biden tried to go there and then he sent, you know... Uh, I don't know if he went there, but he sent Blinken over there. And like I said, he comes off of the freaking airplane and gives this half-assed salute, and then he, I, he has this look on his face like, oh, I'm not sure if I should have done that. 
But he mm-hmm. he's probably sent over there to to try to strong arm arm Netanyahu not to retaliate for being invaded. Right. And and for his citizens being murdered and children with their heads cut off and like you said young women, you know, at a, at a freaking festival being raped, killed and murdered and 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 literally shot in the face so many times they couldn't they couldn't identify him. Well, you can't retaliate against that. Well, why not? And who are you yeah. to tell me what I can and can't do? Listen, I understand uh, that Israel may be uh, an ally, and Israel may be part of NATO, but that doesn't give the United States to go around the world and tell other countries what to do. We we are the uh, uh, you know the superpower. I get it, but we don't have to get involved in every little skirmish that happens to come across. Yeah. Well, I just had a brilliant is, idea. Is, is Joe Biden... Pre- Go ahead. Yeah, how about we have uh, uh, Netanyahu uh, hold Blinken there, and then uh, who, who's the guy who's uh, the uh, sultan of all uh, Saudi Arabia? The, who, who's the who's the premier? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what his name is. Uh, Prince, is it... Does he go by? I think he goes by Prince, doesn't he? Is it Bandar? I'll have to look it up. I can't anyway, remember what his name is. The guy who supposedly ordered the guy all chopped up and everything. How oh, about we, oh how, yeah. How about we give Blinken to him? <laughs> Just chop him up and make him disappear. <laughs> Put him in a box, you know, and send him back to. To to Biden and let him put him back. You talking about MBS? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mohammed bin Salman Al Saud. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't remember that long ass name. I, I yeah, yeah, that's a great I, idea. Hey, yeah. we're gonna send you over this uh, this reporter that's been talking crap about you. Yeah, <laughs> how about we send them? Yeah, and the other guy is the you know the Soleimani, you know the guy from Iran. Yeah. Who got blown up uh, a year or two ago? Mm -hmm. Well, there was an explosion at his memorial and it blew the memorial to smithereens. Is that the the one in Iran that killed like 100 people? Yeah, he was was the head of their, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know he is, but they're saying, uh, I guess uh, the Islamic State um, took credit for that. Oh, they did. Yeah, so for, I, for blowing him up? No, no, no. F- for the bombing in an, uh, Iran. Really? Mm-hmm. Islamic State? You mean ISIS? Yeah. Wow. As a matter of fact, uh, Kirby had a press conference about it today, and uh, he said, you know. The Islamic State isn't what it was, you know, before, but they still, you know, they're, they're still active. Uh, so, yeah, the Islamic State uh, took responsibility for the suicide bombing in, in Iran. And he said we uh, have to... Oh, that was a suicide bombing? Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the the bombing of uh, oh, Soleimani's memorial. I, I I mean, we may be talking about two different things, but there was a I bombing. Think we are. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if that's the same thing or not. But anyway, well, this was just a few days ago. It was Soleimani's um, memorial that that was blown to smithereens. But yes. I didn't I didn't think that that was a a suicide. But I, it could have been. Well, I mean, a hundred people were killed. I think. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and so here we are. Uh, and and <laughs> people in the media kill me. Where does ISIS get that kind of stuff? How do oh, they how do yeah, they get that yeah. kind of stuff? Well, they may have got it. They may have gotten it from Afghanistan because that's where mm-hmm. they're based. And we left a shit ton of uh, you know materials and and uh, weaponry and all kinds of stuff behind. Gee, mm-hmm. I wonder where they got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not connect those dots. Put a bunch of worms. Well. Yeah, I thought, you know, the first thing I thought of was that's a fitting thing to do to Soleimani's memorial because he was blown to bits. <laughs> and then they take him they take him and put him back together again or think, I don't know, maybe they just put him in a box and, you know, figure that he'll, I don't know what. But at any rate, then all of a sudden he's blown to bits again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have have you seen that? Have you seen the photos of him when after he was killed? No, I have not. Oh my! Oh yeah, it's interesting. There's a hand here, head there. Yeah, so um, I I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong. So the Islamic State claims responsibility for deadly bomb attack at Soleimani's uh, memorial. Wow! I. I had no idea. It just came out, I think, today. Okay. Uh, What do you know? This article Uh, I'm looking at says January 4th, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, okay. Well, But I had seen it earlier that they had, I mean, you know, this is just an article that was written uh, regarding that. But uh, I seen it um, on the ticker. But isn't that something that ISIS would be active in, um, in Iran? No, because the, I mean they were buddy buddy at one point. Yeah. You know, ISIS uh, was receiving their IEDs from you know they were made by the Iranians and sold to them yeah. by the Iranians. So I mean, you know, I I don't know what the Islamic State now has against Iran, but. Uh, if they want to go to war together, shh, let them ha- let let them at it. Well, maybe you know, maybe their uh, IUDs weren't exploding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the that, the hoodies are the hoodies are mad at them. <laughs> Hoodie and the blowups. Yeah, the Houthis and the Toothies and the Rudies <laughs> and the Pooties. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Getting their IEDs at Planned Parenthood and going over there. (laughs) They're going to have that new Hillary Clinton IUD that explodes. So, yeah. Oh, for the love of God. Uh, I think I've hit the wall. Yeah. (laughs) I think I hit something. Yeah. 
Out of control. Out of control. Yeah, yeah, I can always tell when I'm just too tired. But I thought just, to say, but I'm, I thought I'm to say, drunk. yeah, get silly and stuff, get the giggles and crap. I just wondered uh, when I saw that too. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Aren't they, they kind of like, you know, not brothers in arms, but terrorists in arms? <laughs> you know what's what's going on here? Yeah, that's like. I mean, there's some real fractures going on in all kinds of old alliances. It's like, what the hell is going on that one of a, an ISIS guy does a suicide bomb at his tomb? I mean, that just that just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm sure in their world, there's a perfectly yeah. reasonable explanation. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, not sure I, mean, I want to understand it, but uh, revelations again. I mean, it, it, at a earthquake in New York, for gosh sakes, when's the last time an earthquake hit New York? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, not not a big one, but uh, it did it. It supposedly caused some underground explosions. Uh, they they have no power outages or anything like that, but they but they said it. You know. They knew that there were some explosions. They just haven't been able to figure out where, and they were underground supposedly or whatever. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> but you know that's unusual. Well, it, it has been. It's like the New Madrid fault. I know, mean, maybe I don't know. Is is New York um, susceptible? I mean, are they? Is there like faults? Fault lines that run under that part of the country? Well, yeah. Um, it's just not very active. It Those things, uh, it's like I was going to say, New Madrid or south of uh, St. Louis, it was horrible, like uh, in the early 1800s, right around the War of 1812. Just dreadful earthquake activity that they felt like over where you are. Well, the uh, New York area does get them, Timlers. Uh, we, we'll get them here. Um, it, it just depends on where they are, how active they are. Um, I know different parts of New York are different than others, just like around here. Um, you know, the Ozarks are mountains, very old mountain range. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can have a potential earthquake about anywhere i suppose yeah i guess uh, you know but you know new york would be like you know can you imagine a major one hitting manhattan you know no it's bad enough in in california and the big cities there but i don't think i don't think a lot of the and I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've been to California. I've only been there once, but I don't think they have the high rises and all that other stuff uh, like they do in New York. And I mean, a major earthquake hit there, and phew, talk about some buildings falling down. Well, yeah, and and like L.A. Well, San Francisco and L.A. both have downtowns that have some very large buildings. Um. So, I mean, Rodeo Drive, 
goes right past some really big buildings. Are they on the scale of, you know, what's what the buildings in New York or? Oh, not like, not like the Empire State Building and all of that. Yeah. They're they're big buildings. I mean, they're in, in buildings that can and do sway in a earthquake, but they are, you know, built to survive earthquakes. Right. But, but, uh, I wouldn't want to be in one. No, but, I, uh, right. I never have, but... Uh, Ronald Reagan's office was in there at Century Century Plaza, I think, was it? Right there off Rodeo Drive, uh, near the... Uh, I forget the name of the hotel. Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, there's some big buildings there. I, I wouldn't want to be there. I've been in an earthquake, and it wasn't even a big deal. But it was like, whoa, what was that? I thought it was a uh, an explosion. And it was. I mean, obviously, there was the explosion underground. Yeah. But it was like, I thought, you know, a, a tank exploded or a bomb exploded. Or, you know, I thought I was in El Salvador or something. Yeah. I had a friend who was um, in an earthquake in California, and he said it felt like he was having a heart attack. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So. I mean, I've not been in a, a tornado. I've seen them in the distance. And I've not been in a, a, a hurricane or an earthquake. And I don't want to be in any of those kind of things. No. No, I've had enough excitement in my life. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a... a yeah, I like excitement, but not... Adrenaline thinker anymore, yeah, yeah. you know. Just, I told one of my physical therapists a few years ago, she was talking about doing uh, bungee jumping. And she was... Uh, oh, and then it was skydiving. She had this photo of her skydiving and stuff, which, you know... Cool. You know, that's a adrenaline junkie kind of thing. Cool. And and so she says, Did have you ever done that? Yeah, I did that. I used to have a uh, an adrenaline thing. Said, oh really? Yeah, I'm like, I, I just looked at a lot of those adrenaline junkie things like skydiving and bungee jumping and all of that other stuff as people who didn't have the guts to rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna fly on your fly on your little kite instead of getting on that two thousand pound bull. It's like, well, yeah, let's call ourselves an adrenaline junkie and sound cool. So yeah, right. Okay. Well now that you know how I feel about it, don't you wish you hadn't asked me the question? <laughs> No, it's actually turned out to be pretty, fu- pretty funny. So, oh, I've obviously hit the wall. Well, well, we're we're probably at the end anyway, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, so, um, we'll end with uh, let's see what happens in the next few days with. Uh, the mass shooting in Iowa, which ironically happened right when the Epstein thing happened. Seems like every time some major news comes out, there's a mass shooting. 
Yeah, isn't isn't that weird? This one sounds really weird to me. That you got a seventeen year old shoot up, you know, killed a sixth grader, and then killed or not killed, but injured like four or five other people. Yeah. Now, like, what do you have a seventeen year old going into a school? Shooting a sixth grader for is this a male female kind of a thing or you know I mean there's a quarrel I don't know it sounds weird to me yeah and of course you know our great press secretary comes out and uh, you know it's all all starts with the gun control again we, we have no information very limited information. Uh, supposedly posted on Facebook before he carried it out when they've not mentioned what he posted. Um, but we have no, we have no history about this young person. Uh, no, no idea if he had, you know, mental health, mental health issues. We, we have no information. And the no, first they thing just, they jump to... Yeah is this is why we got to get rid of high-capacity magazines and weapons, you know, weapons of war and assault rifles. And I'm like, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You wouldn't know an assault rifle or a military-grade weapon if you tripped over it. No. You know, shut your pie hole and, and, and let's, let's get some information before we... Uh, jump to the conclusion that everybody who owns a firearm is going to commit a mass shooting. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. They just released the guy's name, is all I know, but I don't know. Hey, it's a uh, horrible situation. I I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, a, a sixth grader, for gosh sake, like you were saying. But, I mean, we've seen elementary school kids... Uh, being shot up, and just like Ramaswamy said in in the video, why don't we? Why how come we don't? Why don't we know? The, why haven't they released the manifesto yeah. from the Nashville shooting? Why do we still I, not know what that what what what's in that manifesto? Because he was trans, yeah. transgender. Good point. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, I, 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 there's a lot of things that that I think uh, I, I think there should be some sort of um, controls put in place. Now, I, I'm not saying that we should ban AR-15s or high-capacity magazines. I think that and, and until and unless... The left uh, and the Marxists want to have a conversation surrounding mental health. We can't have a conversation about anything else. What, where does this 17-year-old kid get, get a gun at? He's, he's not legally possessing a gun at 17. He didn't legally purchase it. Well, but in Iowa, especially rural Iowa, it'd be... I don't know what the laws are there. I know I had a gun at nine here. Um, but did you buy it? It's uh, no. There's I got a it difference. For my yeah, yeah. Well, that the, there's a difference between your father purchasing you a weapon, 
and your father is in control of that weapon, and he teaches you how to use that weapon. And then when you get old enough, you can take a hunter safety course, and you can go hunt. But you still yep. can't purchase a weapon. Right. So so where to get it at? Well, exactly. Yeah. Is this a... Uh, you know, and, and, and here's something, here's something yeah, they want to talk... When I was 17... We had rifles and shotguns. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I used to carry a, a gun in my gun rack in the back of my truck, you know, in the window yeah. of my truck. And I, and well, I'm fine here, you know, having a couple of rifles in my truck on the gun rack makes a lot of sense because when I get out of the car and they see, you know, the six gun on my hip and then another one tucked into the belt in the back then they don't get as excited like they haven't seen a gun. Kind of prepares their eye for for the fact that there's, oh, this guy has a gun. Okay, oh, a couple of them. Oh, my goodness, he's going in the grocery store with a gun on his head. Oh, well, but I think like my it. point it's is... It's as big a deal then, you know? Yeah, my point is just that there's no compromise. It's, no. It, it's no. we're taking yeah. everything or nothing. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you... And, and if it's nothing, we're just going to take it by force. Damn what the Constitution and the Second, Second Amendment says. Shall not be infringed. That's not, that's, that's not absolute. And, and, and they didn't anticipate uh, machine guns. They were talking about muskets. Well, that's all, that's all speculation. You can speculate all you want. But in black and white, it, it, it plainly states, shall not be infringed. Yeah. And, so, change it. Yeah. and so you can't take it. But if you want to sit down and have a legitimate conversation, let's start with mental illness and let's start with uh, uh, parents and their responsibilities. Well, before yeah. you before you bring up, I'm going to take the, the guns away from law-abiding citizens who have never committed a mass shooting, who will never commit a mass shooting, and who will probably never use their weapon in their lifetime unless it comes down to saving their own lives or a civil war. Yeah. Or, or, or well, an invasion by another country. That's the only time that I would ever consider using my weapon. Now, if I want to yeah. go out and practice shooting or just go shoot some, some rounds or whatever, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But I have never once sat in my house, and, and as angry as I have gotten at times, considered picking up a weapon and going shooting up a school or a Walmart or a mall or a freaking... Uh, post office or or, well, or even someone in my family or yeah. even an enemy see i i think of like the school shooting situations which go nicely with the mental health thing I, and i think anything that is any inanimate object that is inappropriately used over and over and over again there's some connection with mental illness and whatever that weapon is or whatever that topic is. But the school shootings, you know, what you're talking about with respect to responsibility and parents and, and that sort of thing makes sense. But going a little further and looking into uh, the, uh, the Las Vegas shooting, 
with that that guy in the uh, hotel. He killed a hundred people or from whatever uh, from up there, who we still don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what happened and why and that sort of thing. Uh, there's the Nashville thing with the uh, the manifesto that we're not allowed to see. There's other shootings and stuff that happened that we're not allowed to see. And my, my point, in addition to yours, is, is that if you want to have a rational conversation about how to change all this, you have to have information. You have to have open access to information. I, I don't like the word transparency. It, that Transparency doesn't even have a meaning to me anymore. I want to have access to information. Whatever information I want to know. So we've got to have essentially a database of information about what happens in all of these, all of these shootings, all of these mass violence situations and look for what do they have in common? Uh, what don't they have in common? Um, is it, it's not just all guns, but it, it mainly is in the mass situations because it's easier to do massive damage when you have something that you can shoot four, five, six rounds out of. Um, but you can still have it with knives, but you can also have it with cars, right? Like the guy that mowed down all those people. And yeah, if you're not going to, if you're not going to have a conversation about having a resource, resource, resource officer or two at schools, then it, yeah, it, it doesn't, you don't need a gun. Yeah, we a had gun a, is just more is just more of a uh, it's simpler. It is, yeah. I, and resource officers are one of the best investments you can have, especially if they're volunteers. But the Democrats but won't. It, they they won't go. They won't get on board with something like that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It, now there are there are school districts where I live that have resource officers, but they, yeah. you know, that that it's not a law. No, but it's I think, and this is speaking as just someone who was attached to a school for so long, for two decades, that it was it made a huge difference in the relationship with respect to two things with respect to safety on campus and we had our school resource officer at the same time that columbine happened and yeah there was fear about you know shootings and and things like that but we had a school resource officer we had a relationship with that person in fact you know who our first resource officer was um he he was in cowboys a lot um but uh we had already gotten ahead of the curve is what i'm saying was what do we need to do to be proactive with our campus because we have a hundred percent disabled people at our school so we had to lead the way in a few respects and one of them was the school resource officer program was pioneered at our school but we also found something else that was unique that came out of it, which we theorized might happen, but no one really got behind the program because of it. But our students 
became much more comfortable with law enforcement, feeling like they're not against us. They're real people. We can shoot the crap about, you know, this guy had a motorcycle and, you know, uh, his wife actually drove a dozer and stuff. That's funny. <laughs> so, you know, it was really interesting, but they could have real conversations. And if they were needing to have be escorted across campus or something, you could walk with them or help them or whatever and have a real one-to-one conversation. But most and school shootings may- are, are carried out by students. They're not being carried out by, you know, 20-something-year-old people. Uh, exactly. You know, with- but in our situation, my, my main point is that our, our students – developed a different way of thinking about law enforcement and how they related to them. Think how that would change the inner city schools. Yeah. To change the relationship between the police department and kids in the inner cities. And and I just picked out that one because you asked me about black on black violence the other day. And I'm like, that's why it happens more in uh, what we were talking about happens more in inner city schools than it does out in suburbs. Um, but it would make a bigger difference there than in the suburbs. But I'm sure there's a lot of suburban people who have these same things about law enforcement going on, prejudices about law enforcement. But the best way to make prejudices go away is by taking action that contradicts them. Not in a forceful way, but in a creative way. Yeah. And I think the school resource officers. Well, that's what I was saying. Uh, why, why the conversation for for anti gun left wingers, or, or I'm sure there are some some people on the right that are anti gun or whatever. Why is why is it always they they jump to. We, we just need to get... They don't belong in society at all. Well, who are you to tell me whether I can... I have the right to keep myself and my family safe. Took seven minutes for the police... And, and it was really weird. There's been some question as to why the FBI was there. Uh, as quickly as they got there, too. Well, Ramaswamy was in town. Well, I mean, so the Iowa caucuses are 11 11 days away in Iowa. Um, Also, the Jeffrey Epstein thing. I I think those, you know, it's a couple of coincidences, maybe. Um, But but this kid posted something online, and they know he posted something online. He's not alive anymore. Why are you not releasing that information to the public? Hmm. Why why is that top secret? Yeah. Is it is it to protect the victims? But but what if he was saying something about the victims? And what if what if it had something to do with the upcoming election? Don't don't we need to know that? I mean if well, you're if you're think, about but if the government's about protecting society, they should be saying, "Hey, this is what this kid wrote online. You might want to keep an eye out for this kind of stuff." 
And if you see it, report it. Instead of just keeping it, you know, I, I'm just throwing out straws here. Well, yeah, and, and I didn't know that, obviously. I mean, I. it's amazing how much current stuff I hear, and yet I don't really know that many details. But um, at any rate, the only way I know Ramaswamy was there was because he had a, a speaking engagement. Right that was already established right there in that town and he just turned it into a prayer hour instead of a a campaign stop if yeah you yeah he canceled the event uh-huh. which i thought was yeah they, he canceled the event and then they held a prayer hour instead which i thought was a pretty classy thing to do um so i mean considering he's a uh a right-wing white supremacist nazi and all from india um (laughs) and he he didn't make he didn't make the debate stage for the the next debate and neither did chris christie it's only it's only nikki haley and ron DeSantis. it's the only two yeah and unless well i don't hate to even speculate because and neither one of them has got a place on the final ticket anyway on the top or the second but are you talking uh, about really, as far as the general election now? No, I think we're probably looking at Trump and Christy now and myself, but um, that's just me. What do I know? That, that's, oh, we can't uh, elect him if he doesn't choose a black lady. Well, I don't know. No. You know, he's got to check some boxes or else, you know. Maybe if you don't, if, if he doesn't, and you vote for him, you're you're just that much more racist. Well, yeah, I mean, you might as well just concede right up front that you're a racist because <laughs> nothing he does is then then the whoever. You know, is, that, that's funny you say if, that. That's funny you say that because that gives me an idea. If I ever ran for president, and you know, I was I don't know at a debate or whatever and and, or if i was on tv and they were interviewing me interviewing me and they said you know we heard you were racist i'm going yep i am so can we move on to the real issues or do you want to you know just talk about that yeah (laughs) well exactly yeah Uh, no matter what he does he's going to be criticized well you're not going to stop they're not black enough no so i'd say i I would just simply say you're not going to stop so I'll just go ahead and say, yeah, you're right, and then we can move on to the real issues. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking Because myself, I can sit here and deny it all day and all night, and and for four years if I got elected, for eight if I was reelected, I could deny it every single day, every hour of a single day, hold a press conference one, once a week, say that I'm not, but you'll continue to say that I am. So I'll just go ahead and just falsely admit that I'm a racist, so you don't. You, if you say it again, it really doesn't hold any meaning to it anymore mm-hmm. because I've already admitted to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it from my statement as just who do I think would be qualified to step into a role 
who's not a, a blithering idiot, you know, who also has a way of looking at the world who is complementary to his. There's still there's think, still this push for uh, Tucker. Well, it could be, you know. Um, I don't but, think he'd do that. I don't think so, but you it, never know. It, I, I always look at this stuff as, and I said this when, uh, even when Obama was president, was if the president of the United States asks you to do something, you better have a darn good reason for saying no. You know, it's just enough of my old-fashioned traditionalism, but I don't care if someone's a Democrat or Republican or know nothing or if they're a whatever. Um, if the president of the United States asks me to do something, then I have to seriously consider it. Right. Um, and I better have a darn good reason for saying no. Because but don't you technically think... You're, you're saying no to your country. And if Biden asked me to, I would not. Like, he's the first one who's come along who I would say, oh, absolutely, no. I don't care if he asked me to go out and raise the flag in front of my house. No. Sorry. I'm not interested. You're too fucking stupid. Can you, you know? Can you take you have my, no business. Can you take my diaper bag to the car? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, no. No, thanks. No, I could never trust the guy. I mean, uh, you get to a point where with all presidents, uh, oh, I wouldn't trust him without anything. Well, but there are some things you could. But do you think... You just have to get to what level. I mean, seriously, if he did ask me, would you be willing to put up uh, the American flag on a pole in front of your house uh, every day the rest of the year? Sure, I would, even though I can't stand the guy. Yeah. But that's something that is, uh, the president asks me to do something that is not offensive to me uh, or to the country, that it pays respect to the country. I would uh, be a blithering idiot to say no, because uh, then I'm not honoring what I say that's important to me. But if you ask me to go fly to, uh, I don't know, um, Taiwan, and uh, survey what the conditions on the ground are there for uh, local resistance to the Chinese and uh, uh, Chinese underground stuff about maybe rolling people in uh, and trying to take over the island. Say, for example, very similar to Barbados, this, or by uh, I'm trying to think of that, uh, what's that island in Grenada? Very similar to Grenada now that I'm thinking. I'm wondering, where did I come up with this comparison? So, very similar to Grenada. Uh, what's going on there? What, what What's changing on the ground that maybe Taiwan's thinking we need to, you know, uh, keep our options open and, and maybe vote on this or something? What the hell? Really? <laughs> what's going on? What changed? But if you ask me to go check that out, no. I'm probably going to get killed over that because I can't trust your administration. If you'll leave our troops on the ground in Afghanistan, then you're going to you're going to do the same thing to an advance agent going into uh, Taiwan to try to find out what the strength of resistance is against a possible 
Chinese underground operation to take over their government or something. You know, that person's dead. If if your administration sends me in there, I'm not going. Sorry, I'm going to say no. So I, I'm just making the point that that's the sliding scale, at least for me. If the president asks you to do something, how are you going to respond? Yeah. So if you're going to do a draft to draft 18 or not, or whatever, into the military, because you can't get people to sign up voluntarily any longer. What are you, what should you really be obligated to, you know, the, the Vietnam situation where it's okay to go into Canada? You know, you don't have to serve the country because I sure would. I mean, I wouldn't enter the military right now um, because somebody is in charge who doesn't care about our country or the military. Well, so a lot I of someone. Right yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who would opt out of that. No matter how strong the uh, argument is to do something let me ask you a question and then we'll go uh yeah we'll wrap it up do you think do you think that the vice president role is as important as it was say 50 years ago because i don't see it being i i really don't see it being important i mean most of the most of the vice presidents that have been picked in my lifetime, as far as I can remember, that is. Um, most of the time, you never even knew who that person was. It's like uh, Mike Pence. I never heard of Mike Pence until he was... I didn't know he was the governor of Indiana. And I didn't know a damn thing about him. Didn't really care. So, so does the vice president have much of a bearing on whether, you know, the president gets the votes one way or the other? They can, you know. In I mean, I, it, case, I remember it used yeah. to be like, okay, so, you know, Kennedy picked uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson because he wanted the Southern vote. Right. Um. He also needed someone. But that's to, what I'm saying. Do you, going back to those times, do you think that that is the same way it is today? Because I don't see it being that way. Well, in some ways, the vice president role has always been weak. And, you know, the main thing has always been, can you tolerate this person until the next scheduled election? Because all they're doing is they're filling in for the guy everyone really voted for. So you're just looking for someone who will basically maintain the course of direction in general. Um, but that's not... For but, another year or two years or three years. But that's all that, you know... But they were never viewed as being all that important. Well, that's... So... But... But from an elective point, you're right about Johnson. You know, so some years it's more important than others. Um, but also the roles have been changed in this century because in some administrations, some vice presidents were more important than others because 
they were tasked with more things that were more important to do. You know, in uh, Camel Dung's situation, she has failed at everything she was. Well, that's what I was getting ready to bring up. I mean, she's she's probably less popular than than Hillary Clinton, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and Donald Trump combined. Well, now that people know. So we have a ticket of a, a guy who is a known plagiarist, liar, and and in very unintelligent. And Kamala, I guess what I'm saying is, between Kamala Harris and and, and Joe Biden, this is another reason I will never be convinced they received 80 million votes because nobody oh, yeah. liked her and she, everybody knew she's dumb. She's just dumb. But now they know. There was a lot of suspicion that she was. Now we know for sure. There's a difference between sure and cocksure. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, because there was a there was a crowd of folks that were like, I don't know about her, but, you know, we'll just have to see how she works out because we just don't know enough about her. Well, my God, she is so much dumber than anyone ever thought was possible. <laughs> you know, just, it's like, oh my God, how could she be dumber than him? You know, I don't, I didn't even think that would happen. Um, I thought maybe she would raise the IQ level by you know, five or six digits, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, even in their own, people in their own party are afraid, you know, Joe Biden's going to die and we're going to be stuck with Kamala Harris. I mean, <laughs> when your own party, well, and, and, and yeah. they're like, uh, they, I, well, I, I can't remember who it was they were interviewing, but they're like, what happens if Joe Biden decides not to run in 2024, does that mean Kamala's? Oh no, we're going to have somebody different. Well, I think it's Hillary. Oh God, help it! Nobody likes those people. I know. Doesn't matter though, because you have you have all the unsatisfied feministas out there. But um, I really do think that that's what the plan is. I used to think it was Michelle Obama, but she's just not, she's not smart enough either. Um, well, nobody likes her except for people on the left. Yeah. and Because again, they, with it, Hillary, it's see, not about people. Yeah, people need to realize that this is about a, where are you at on things with respect to the military? Are you willing to open up the uh, United States budget to be uh, stolen from the military establishment, the arms makers? If you are, then Hillary's your person. That's how Biden was acceptable, yeah. why he was acceptable. That's definitely what would keep RFK out. He'll, he'll end up like his dad if he's a serious candidate. Um, and well, I just wondered if, if the vice presidency held any, uh, you know. I think, I think it does. I think the, the, what people maybe didn't realize about Pence was that the perception, how he was sold and was bought, was that he was a moderating factor with Trump. 
here's this Trump that's out there all over the place. And then you have the quiet, soft-spoken guy who nods a lot and seems smart enough that maybe he can moderate Trump enough that Midwesterners will vote for a, a Trump Pence guy. And with that kind of a, a look at it, a calming uh, effect of on Trump, he carried a lot of people, probably subliminally, that uh, might not have gone that way. Um, that's my theory. I yeah, because I, I just didn't, I didn't care. But see, what I like about Gnome is that uh, she's not ready to be a president, but she could be. She could be ready. Like, like same thing I said about DeSantis. He's not ready, but he could be. Yeah. You know, brought along by the right people, he's got the right, you know, the the right views on things. He sold himself out to the establishment, and she has not. She's someone who could learn for four years and then run on her own and win. Mm -hmm. She's a, a really tough person. And uh, we'll just see. I, I, I'm not making any bets, but that would be my bet if I had to today. Yeah. But I think in some respects, though, that, that's a great question. I don't think we put enough stress on a VP and yet a lot of that has to do with the fact that you really don't know uh, what's going to come up during someone's term. And uh, that was one of the things about Reagan with, with Bush as his VP was no one liked Bush, but he also had what's always been called the best resume in politics where he knew everybody and he had run the CIA and he had been in the Congress and all that crap and he knew everybody. Well, you know, Reagan's coming out as a, uh, an actor and everything, but he was also the head of the union, Screen Actors Guild, for crying out loud. Talk about a left-wing organization. <laughs> right. And then he's, <laughs> he's president, you know, he's, he's governor of California for eight years. I mean, you know, that's, uh, people don't give that enough credit because it's not in New York, you know? Yeah. Well, sorry, folks, but uh, drop the prejudice a little bit. Running California is not an easy job. Um, but to a lot of folks, he, uh, he meaning Bush, was an effect uh, of, hey, here's someone who knows how Washington works. Yeah, you have an outsider who is a bomb thrower sometimes, but you also have someone around who knows how things work. Uh, he's run the CIA, understands how uh, international stuff works, and he made a difference. So, yeah, uh, even though I couldn't stand the guy, I can still be objective enough to say, you know, for those reasons, he made a lot of sense. Um, what What's important now, we honestly don't know yet, do we? Um, this is, we're an ice age away from the election right now. Oh, yeah. Things, all kinds of things can happen, and, and most of them I can think of are bad. I think we're in for just a horrid year. Yeah, I do too. Um, as a matter of fact, I uh, 
I ordered 400 um, reasons why I think it's a going to be a bad year yesterday. And Did you bite the bullet? <laughs> yeah, I bit the bullet and shelled out some money for that kind of stuff. And probably going to do it again here again soon. I but I think you hit it on the bullseye. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Lord help us all. Especially you. Well, yeah, I think uh, I've always said that it's it's best to buy uh, uh, food, gold, silver, guns, and ammo. Yeah. And if you have those things, then you don't have to worry. Bad things can happen, but you don't have to worry. No, and I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, I ordered some... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Some projectiles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she said, did you really? And I said, yeah, a friend of mine uh, sent me a, a link for a, a pretty good deal on some some ammo. And she said, I thought about getting that for some of that for uh, a Christmas gift for you, but I wasn't sure. She said, it's really expensive around here. And I said, yeah, I got this at a really good deal. Uh, 400 rounds for, uh, 200 and a little over 200 bucks. Not bad. You know, it would, it had gotten to, uh, you know, over $2 a round. Yeah, no, this is 50 cents a round. So I was like, I'm not passing that up. Full metal jackets and stuff. Oh, no, I'm going to have to buy that. Well, yeah, it became impossible to get a hold of, and then the prices went through the roof. Worse than gasoline. I just thought maybe I shouldn't, you know, announce that on a podcast because the FBI would be at my house tomorrow, uh, wanting wanting to confiscate my legally bought and paid for ammunition. Yeah, a friend dropped by here not too long ago. Who was a uh, going to be returning to Illinois. Oh, God. And he was asking me about this whole uh, madness going on in Illinois, and I'm like, well, see, that's the problem when you have a Supreme Court that allows laws that are unconstitutional to be enforced before they've been challenged and tested in court because you allow whatever area of government it is to do all kinds of intrusions and damage and then it gets reversed at the Supreme Court mm -hmm. and all kinds of things are just plain unreversible you know you just shouldn't allow things like like border situation border enforcement um, all kinds of things ought to be stopped with uh, you know, a judge's order, and then it stayed until a certain period of time on appeal. That's the way to do those things. Mm -hmm. that if you, well, especially with something that is constitutionally uh, going to get stopped. Right. So I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd worry about it. You know, even if they come along and want to do something, then you'll, you'll be one of the first test cases in a. Uh, a class that is going to take it on and win it because 
they don't have a constitutional leg to stand on. They can't take your weapon um, without due process and uh, just compensation. Yeah. She says, yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm like, and yet I could be wrong because they did all of that with business owners during COVID. Was it you that were was telling me the story about the... Um The person died, and and the the cops confiscated the weapons from the you know the grandkids or whatever, and for no reason. Or no, I was I can't remember who it was I was talking to, or maybe I heard it on uh, Reddit or or saw it somewhere, but um, I, I I don't remember the the specific details of the story, but. <clears throat> Uh, I guess the guy dies, and I don't know if he was murdered, whatever. But the cops confiscated his weapons, and his his spouse was like, "Hey, uh, why did you take the weapons?" And she had to almost literally go to court to get the weapons back. Yeah. And so that's it. That's the story in a nutshell. There's, you know, more details and stuff, but either yeah, way, e- either tough. way, they had no business to take them. Right. Well, they were, unsecure. they were unsecure. Well, what do you mean they were unsecure? They were in a house that people live in. And just because. You went in there either because someone was reported dead or somebody was murdered. Doesn't give you the right to take any possessions. Doesn't matter right. if it's a weapon or a spoon. Right. You you have no right to confiscate anything unless it was used in the commission of a crime. And in this case, it was suspicion. not. Huh? Reasonable suspicion. Reasonable suspicion that it was. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, there there were numerous weapons in there, collectors' items and stuff like that, and they took it all. And she asked for it back, and they said no. And she, yeah. I, I mean, literally had to, you know, take them to court, and, you know, I think they ended up giving them back before they went to court, but that's a violation of your rights, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they ought to have to pay her for whatever it cost to recover them, you know? So, it, that's, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I don't know how many items that have come up that are, you know, justifiable topics for uh, some clawbacks in a, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be talking more this year on uh, constitutional violations and what could we do constitutionally to, let's just call it reparations, you know, to to recover harm that has been done to people through unconstitutional action. And that's a, a massive one, is how many people have had property taken from them, uh, let's say by the IRS, that uh, they owned constitutionally. It was taken away from them. It was confiscated. And uh, even though they would win their case or what have you, 
for whatever reason, they never got their property back. Uh, but just like you're, you're talking about there, was she compensated? Not just for her attorney costs, but for her own time and trouble, you know, just compensation. In other words, just compensation isn't whatever you paid an attorney. It didn't say that in the constitution. It's just compensation is, well, what were you put out? You know, were you put out uh, a year of your life during a time of grieving? How much is that worth? It's well, that's just like when I sent you that uh, article and, and, and then, you know, we commented a couple of times back and forth and I said, hey, I, 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 am, I am almost 100% certain that I had a case for a violation of my civil rights. When that police yeah. officer walked through my home and into my bedroom doorway and started questioning me while I'm in bed. Yeah. What are you doing in my room? Well, I heard there were guns in the house. And that's not against the law, nor do you have right. a, a warrant. Uh, I mean, even if you wanted to walk through my house and come back here and say good morning to me, you do not have the right. I'm sorry, you may be carrying a gun and have a badge on, but that does not give you the right to traipse through my house. But yeah. but more, more than that, ask me if I have any weapons in the house. Oh, well, it was for our safety. We didn't know if you were going to come out of your room with a gun. Really? How, how many times has that happened to you in your career, sir? Come on. Yeah, unless it's a domestic... Yeah, that's, and that's not what it was for. And so, I mean, you know, I called the sheriff, and I told him what happened. I recorded it, too. And I, I, I said, you need to check the body cam footage, and you need to, you know, investigate this, because they have no business coming through my house without a warrant. Is this when Bernie Berry was? Sure. <laughs> Uh, my wife invited him in. <laughs> and I, I told her, I said, don't you ever... Uh, no. They they don't come no. in my house. If, if I... And I'm not saying that I'm superior and I'm ruling over her. But I said, you know, if you ever have any questions about that, you ask me first. Yeah. Because she's not into the whole, you know civil rights thing and i mean she knows but she's not like you know she's not willing to fight those battles you know what i mean i told you about what happened to her at the courthouse yeah, yeah. um i'd have been i'd have been kicking the freaking door down to get into that damn courtroom they tell me i can't freaking come to court that's bullshit well she's like yeah but i i, I didn't care and uh and and that's kind of the attitude that that has gotten us to where we're at and, and allows judges to do those kind of things and allows police officers like those that, I mean, there was two of them. Um, but to, to do that kind of stuff. And, and so I was, <clears throat> I sent you that article because it kind of pertained to what happened to me where, uh, um, most of the officers aren't trained on the fourth amendment. And if they are, it's for a brief time, and then there's never any follow-up. And, and so they don't know their, the, the, own law, the own law that they're supposed to follow. 
Right. Which is bullshit. Yeah, it is scary. So when you have an officer who doesn't know your rights, and then you have a person that that officer is interacting with, and they don't know their rights, man, that's a shit show. Yeah. Because everybody's violating everything, and, and nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, they just make shit up. <laughs> exactly. And, and so yeah. I, I probably could have, you know, uh, I probably could have taken them to court. Well, isn't that pretty much the history of jurisprudence in this country, especially if you look at, let's say, the inner city again? You know, where people's rights have definitely been trampled on. Oh, yeah. Than suburbs. I mean, every minute of the day. Well, sure. So a lot of things they got away with that intentionally or not, um, they wouldn't have they wouldn't get away with now or in my neighborhood or in yours um but it's just interesting to see how uh, things come before courts and a lot of things don't and things get uh involved in a culture because they go on in a city let's say in an inner city it becomes common to go in and break into people's homes and try to find weapons or uh, documents or drugs or what have you, and, they're, and they don't have a warrant to. They just go in and do whatever they think they can get away with and uh, trump up charges against them for something else or uh, lie and, and say, oh, well, we were arresting him for something else and found X, Y, Z. You know, all all kinds of illegal search and seizure has been going on forever. I mean, that's how we end up having court cases over it. But you have to ask yourself, well, how many decades did this go on before this finally made it to the Supreme Court? And did the Supreme Court maybe not hear a case or rule on a case more thoroughly um, that could have stopped it early? So, you know... Our judicial branch has really let us down there. But being human beings has let us down more. You have to be honest, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're so fallible, and we all are. Yeah. So there's, and again, I, I hate the word accountability. But one of the things about a marriage is that theoretically, at least, when you've got two people, one, it, it's it's harder to get too far out of bounds when you've got two people with one who's going to harp on you because you shouldn't be drinking so much or you shouldn't be driving that way or whatever. You know, as much as someone might not like it that they're saying something, at least you've got to listen to someone. Whereas if it's just you, I used to say, man, I made a lot of decisions when I was in my 20s and 30s because I was not married. That if I had been married, I would have been a better person. Because I didn't have anyone around to say, don't do that. I don't think that's a very good idea. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's true now because I'm not married. Any, you know, that ended. But, you know, it we're... We can make each other worse, but my point about marriage is, is that we can also make each other better. And it gets to as a society of 
How do we interact with? Oh, one I make my wife. Well, how do we make our than she is. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what she would say if I asked her. Yeah, right. But but how do we interact with each other as human beings that we make ourselves better because of it instead of worse? And our country is just making a spiraling uh, plunge to the exact opposite. Oh, my gosh. How do we make each other better? So, so I, anyway, I just, I I'll close with, I just wonder how long, how much longer we're going to last. <laughs> we'll see. At least, at least, uh, whatever amount of time it takes to run off, uh, 400 projectiles. <laughs> that's, good, that's just a good start. I mean, well, I, I've, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but you're going to be green with envy if I ever show you this round of magazine that I have. I just don't. I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't. I never thought, Ron, that I would have to think about, you know, getting to a point where I may need. Uh, you know, large amounts of ammunition and specific weapons, and and that I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm afraid I'm going to have to to defend myself. Well, and you're also at a point where you're probably going to start thinking like me if you haven't already, which is I'm old enough now that I can't handle things physically like I once could. No, I've yeah. not reached that point yet. I'm getting close. Yeah, but but you will. I mean, we all get there, those of us who live long enough, where we get to a point where it's like, oh, I, I better start thinking about getting X. Yeah, I'm because... starting to lose my balance and shit a lot uh, recently, and I'm yeah. thinking, man... Uh, Wait till you fall down once a day. I might not be able to circle the ring like I used to. Yeah, I know I can't. I could roll around the ring. <laughs> yeah. but, well, I told yeah. my wife, it's funny you say that. I told my wife, I said, if we ever get another house, like we ever decide to move, um, the flooring is going to be one consecutive mattress from room to room. <laughs> so I can just roll. I won't have to walk from the kitchen to the bedroom. I can just roll all the way from the kitchen to the bedroom. And, and the, you know, the floor is the bed. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to get up. I don't have to crawl into bed. I don't have to get up and, you know, try to get out of bed. I'm, I'm already on the, I'm already on the mattress. Yeah. Uh So the whole entire house will not, it won't have carpet, won't have, hardwood floor it'll just be a mattress <laughs> so you're going to basically be like uh, the mob used to run in the 20s where they talk about going to the mattresses yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huh? i see how you are okay well that sounds like a good place to stop yeah today is january the 4th thursday january the 4th so we will be back on tuesday of next week and don't forget to check us out online and inquire into freedom and uh We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. See ya. Bye-bye.
Thank <laughs> you.